Hello, everyone. Welcome into Debate Night. I'm Hunter, joined as always by Brody, and also joined by Silas behind the mixing board yo, back there. Yo, yo, I got corgi hairs all over me somehow. That's not me. I mean, there's That's only one person that owns corgis in this not room. my fault. Uh, it's got to be. I think it's because I rode in your car earlier, and I'm wearing the same pants. Uh, anyways, they're just contagious. They go everywhere. But speaking of stuff that's contagious, big contracts are apparently contagious in disc golf, and what a week we have had. Uh, I mean, we were, we've been dying for stuff yeah. to talk about. I was actually on my way coming here tonight. I was thinking, I was like, do we talk? Like, I was, I was adding in like extra topics to maybe talk about. I was like, should we talk about the Antonio Brown thing? Should we talk about like outside of disc golf? And I was like, you know what? How has no one made the Antonio Brown meme of like players leaving their contracts? I and mean, it's just. <sighs> well, I mean, you got to text Trevor. That's a Trevor. That That's is a Trevor, Trevor tweet. tweet. I'll text get, Trevor the idea. Get him on that. Hey, He'll, intellectual he, property. I claimed it. I'm texting Trevor. Get, get him out there. It'll, it'll be on there soon. But when I was coming to the podcast, I was. Because you know how in this off season, I mean, I've been all over. I've been a roller coaster. I've been trying to shut down the show. I've been trying to start yeah, the show. Yeah, you've been all over the place. I've been trying to have us talk about random stuff i think we were talking about the best cheese at one point yep i think where i've come to the conclusion is grip locked and debate night are going to be disc golf podcasts bogey bro banter is where we can talk about outside stuff because there's there's just really just a couple weeks of where it's like not really that much stuff to talk about we can figure it out we can come up with other things to come up with yeah we're in it like we're yeah. i mean uh, today at my workout i had one of the best workouts i've had i mean granted it was like my fifth workout in the last like you know i just started lifting so <laughs> there hasn't been that many but it was the best one because i was just so jacked up with the season like watching all this stuff in, unfold the last couple weeks and just seeing a lot of electricity going right now and obviously it kind of sucks right now because we got a lot of snow and i can't practice outside I'm I'm left to throwing in a net, but that's Lynchburg for you. If you're not excited for the season, my goodness, yeah. What I mean, I don't know what to tell you. This is this is this is unbelievable. There's a lot of stuff. We got a lot of stuff to talk about. So uh, before we jump into it, real quick, shout out to all our Patreons out there watching live and listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. New tiers for 2022. We just threw up a um, very limited edition Dark Horse Zone that I stamped myself actually at the Discraft Factory. I think I only stamped like seven or eight of them in yellow and then like seven or eight of them in glow. We threw one of those up on the Heiser store, so you never know what goodies are going to come up on the Heiser store. If you want to listen to Griplock later this week without ads, that's a part of it. Tons of perks. Go check out Patreon, patreon.com slash foundation disc golf. Yeah, you can become a member of the Heiser Club. Member of the Heiser Club. Link will be in the description below. Um, you can also pick up these sweet Janice hats. And if you want to get people really pissed off at you for no reason, you can wear the Janice hat at, and people will all of a sudden get mad at you. Yeah, there you um, go. It's just that easy. So I did an AMA on Reddit. Yeah. Got, I don't know how many comments there are. I think it's getting close to a thousand comments. Granted, like 200 of those are probably myself replying to everyone. But it was a lot of comments. And I do have to say, obviously, not a lot of people coming at you, you know, which is to be expected. But there were a couple people that say, hey, listen, like, I'm going to take the time to write down my thoughts. And honestly, I learned a lot of stuff. I learned a lot of stuff of like, different people's perspective 
one that I thought was uh, really interesting and one that I was like, man, I definitely actually need to work on that is they said that a lot of times, especially in tw- Twitter, I feel like is the most because it's like so short and condensed. And you guys know how I tweet. When something pops on the head, phone comes out Sit. and it's gone. Um, someone made a good comment saying like, sometimes when I read your stuff, it feels like you're almost telling people how it should be versus like throwing out an idea. So again, I don't like the whole sugarcoating stuff and being like, I know these people are working really, really hard, but if they did this, maybe it'd work better. I don't personally like doing stuff like that. I'll just say like, Hey, this is what I think should happen. Yeah. But I think I can reword my tweets sometimes. So it doesn't come off this like almighty, like I know everything when in fact it's like, I'm just almost like just throwing gum at the wall and seeing if something sticks. Yeah. Versus saying like, Hey, if you start doing it this way, everything's going to be magic. Yeah, it's, imag- it's immediately going to be better where I can see how some people take that the wrong way. So there's a lot of stuff. If you want, you can go on Reddit, you can read through it. There's a bunch of stuff. I responded to a bunch of stuff as well. We actually had a um, Reddit moderator DM. I run the foundation Reddit account. We don't really do much on it. I just kind of know we had one. I just kind of respond to stuff here and there oh, and clarify things one. when I see people say ridiculous stuff about foundation. that doesn't make any sense. Um, but he messaged us after you did yours and was like, Hey, you know, if you ever want to do a, a foundation, you know, AMA, mm. let me know and we'll hype it up for like a week beforehand. That'd be so sweet. That all everyone of us, knows. And then all of us could get on there. Yeah. We can just kind of respond as a group or whatever. Yeah. Or well, you no, can respond I, from yours. Yeah, I can Trevor, respond Trevor can get an account and spawn on there. Cause yeah. that way, if it's like an individual, but he was question, saying, yeah. he was saying I he like basically that. would hype it up for a week leading up to it of like, let people Hey, know. get questions ready, whatever. That's a great they're idea. Gonna do. And so I might reach out to him again in a, set that up for something in the next few weeks. That's a great idea because, uh, you know, obviously I do thrive off of like in college, I did thrive off of the notion of being like hated by people. Right. Mm-hmm. Cause it's like, I love proving people wrong, but I want to be hated for like the right reasons. If that makes sense. Yeah. You want to be hated because you're not for reasons that like people should hate you for. Correct. Hate it like, because you're like beating them or hate it because you're I beating ce- someone I, that you're or, or I ce- or I celebrate a lot. Yeah. Something like that. Not something ha- to where you know you're right or like you're at least not wrong in the situation. Yeah, not hated for something that you think like I think there's a lot of misconceptions out there. Yep. One one I'll just throw out there too um is like the whole liberty thing. Uh, that is something that I saw get brought up a lot in the Reddit of like, oh, you guys have a connection to Liberty. Liberty is bad. You're bad people. When in fact, like the connection, because I said we literally don't have any connection to Liberty. Mm. The only connection we have is the fact that we have people that went to school. Yeah, there. I went to school there. Other than that, we it's not like they're paying for us to do anything. There's no connection no. there. We don't do anything with them. And then people are like, well, you've done videos there. And my answer to that is please come to Lynchburg. And our only other see option how would be, there is literally nothing here. There's yeah. nothing here. Our only other option would be University of Lynchburg, which is smaller. It's but a high it's smaller. School. So like it's if we want to if we want to use a football stadium, like we got Brookville's football stadium, which is a high school. Yeah. University of Lynchburg doesn't have a football team, so we couldn't even use their football stadium. Or we have uh, FBS football yeah. team and Liberty. Whether or not, I mean, if yeah, I the logo is going to be on the field, but if I if I can ever it's convince spot to shoot. if I can ever convince everyone to move. 10 years from now, five years, who knows? We will be doing videos at probably whatever school is nearby that allows us to do videos there. Yeah. Let's get into what everyone wants to talk about, though. The contracts. My good Silas, 
Do you think you were more Craziness. right, or do you think Hunter was more right? What do you mean? What, when, when were With your predictions, it? who was more right? Oh, Hunter was Hunter was more right. You were out there a little bit. What was my prediction? I'm catch me up. Your Twitter predictions on like your, where people were going to go. Oh, your did Ricky I miss? Prediction. Did I ever miss? I don't I think missed, you did. I missed Katrina Allen. I thought she was going to be dynamic disc. And you missed Haley. You didn't call yeah. Haley King. I did not call Haley King. I don't think, I don't anyone, think anyone. But do you no, miss? No do you miss one if you don't call it? No, because no one else did. I, no one else called. I it. think leaving. I think leaving is not something that you ca- should be penalized for because you don't know when someone no. is like Nico. And in my defense, you can't call. You can't say, "Oh, Nico's going to get." Yeah, the Katrina Allen one, I didn't leak or anything. I just thought she was going to Dynamic Discs only because the Emporia Gazette said that the FPO player is going to have multiple Elite Series titles. Was that before she said that she was leaving Prodigy? Did she have like a extension? I don't in think. Her contract? I don't think she had posted yet. Oh, okay. So that was. I think I just kind of sent it of like they're promising a top tier FBO contract. I know Paige isn't leaving. I know Kristen's locked down. They have multiple Elite Series wins. That literally leaves Missy Gannon, who just locked down with Discraft, or Katrina Allen. And so I sent it with Katrina, and I was wrong. So I'm gonna. I want to leave the same thing though. I want to leave Ricky and Kona for last, and I want to kind of go through the other ones. If I if I miss any, please fill me in because obviously if you guys aren't following Hunter on Twitter, I don't know what you're doing. The guy the guy knows everything that's going on in disc golf. I try my best. Let's talk about Cat first. Uh Okay, speculation on where she might be going. Anyone have any ideas? This is a big mystery to me Um, because again, I think I I doubled down so hard that she was going to Dynamic Disc because of the Emporia Gazette article of that that whole thing Mm -hmm. that when people started coming and it, to me it got confirmed to me about a day and a half or two days before that the person going to dynamic disc was Kona mm-hmm. to where then my head started spiraling. I didn't tweet anything about it, but my head started spiraling. I was like, where the heck's Katrina Allen going? Because cat deserves no offense to Kona or Kristen cat deserves a contract bigger than theirs in my head. You would think, um, you would think that makes sense. Therefore the only other player that we believe to be in that sphere, although I don't think the contract is public is Paige Pierce. Correct. I believe Katrina Allen belongs somewhere between Paige Pierce and Kona and Kristen's contract. So that it le- that really the only eliminates... Other person, the only other person, just real quick, for all our, uh-huh. our European listeners... Oh, Evelina and Henna. Evelina, Evelina, if she comes over... I don't know about Henna right now, but if Evelina comes over and has a great season, because she is the number one yes. woman in, in Europe, she's going to have all that backing. I think she would also fit in that category. And Henna is Henna is right up there as well. They, they yeah, they're, they're one two for sure. But it's tough it's, when we haven't seen them for correct. two years. It's, 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 it's very dependent on if they come over and play. Get Back to Katrina Allen though. The whole issue in my head is what company can afford her. Yes. Um, because the companies that can't afford her, Innova, but I don't think Innova is going to. I think that Innova is doubling down on. We'll get into that later. We'll uh, get into yeah, that later. Okay. Don't don't go into that. Yet. I don't think she's going to Innova. Uh, that leaves Discraft and MVP are my two front runners. Uh, MVP, I like no the chance idea at of, Infinite. Yeah, what do you Not think? The only money. tough part with Infinite is I don't see them offering her a big enough guaranteed for so it to make sense. You don't think Drew Gibson has a guaranteed situation? You think it's mostly like a royalty thing where he can make a lot of money if he sells Drew Gibson's an interesting one because he has his own line of discs and all of that. But why couldn't they offer her the but same I don't thing? But I don't think Drew Gibson has a massive guarantee because I think Drew Gibson's structure on himself and his idea is get a decent guaranteed from three or four different companies mm, okay. and push it together so i don't i think katrina allen wants that Discmania one-stop shop Discmania is an option i again i don't think they have the cap room personally okay. um because i they just, just, they have the they just probably spent a lot of money to doing their well own thing, if you right? look they have they they have eagle simon kyle pond 
those three players, if they don't already require a lot of money, are about They're to require to a whole room. lot of money. Yeah. I don't think that they're risking any cap space, even though cap space in disc golf doesn't actually exist because mm-hmm. just it's not like, you're not like a team. Uh, but I don't think they're risking any any money on a player that's not those three right now. Okay. Um, so to me, Katrina Allen, Discrafter, MVP. MVP is a big question mark because I mean, they that took would a be risk. a crazy it would two be. world champs. Yeah. Well, that they, would be a crazy. That'd be a crazy. They took the big risk on James. Mm-hmm. It paid off. The question is, how much were they able to monetarily capitalize on it? They did say they they had their single biggest day ever with his commemorative disc. Also, how long does that last? Issue has is, it, has it already burnt off? Commemorative discs are still on shelves. Yeah, that's they the did issue. Not sell. Um, and so MVP hype peaked at Worlds. It started to fall down a little bit. Or is that concerning them? Mm-hmm. Who knows? So that leaves Katrina Allen at Discraft. Um. As my front runner, when I use logic, biggest issue with that logic is Paige Pierce is there. And why would Katrina Allen want to go to Discraft and be under Paige Pierce? The other, the other thing that the other like wild card, and, and people have talked about this a little bit, is the Drew Gibson's Instagram. Congratulating Cat. Apparently, he knows where she's going. I've, I've mentioned this multiple times. Players, or do you not think he, she know, he knows where she's going? I think he knows where she's going, but I don't think that has anything to do with where she's going. No, no, no. I'm saying you can read into his post to try to figure out where she might go. That's what I'm saying. It's, oh, you're trying to read between the lines. I'm saying like his post was basically like you would, you would never be able to guess where she's going. So like Innova, to me... Because that's not like... No, Innova's a low-hanging fruit. Going to Innova, that's not like, oh my gosh, I can't believe Kat went to Innova. But if she's like going to like, I don't even know, like that loft company. There's no way. No, I know. But I'm saying like that to Discraft me... Discraft would fit in that sphere. Discraft also fits that category. Infinite of like, fits why in that the sphere. heck? How, infinite. That, but MVP? The, I don't know. Does that really fit in the, oh my God, I can't believe Kat went to MVP? Possibly. Are you shocked? People have been using the Drew Gibson lineup or the Drew Gibson knows where she's going type thing to say that she's definitely coming to infinite. My counterpoint to that is most of these players know where most of these players are going. The, the, a lot of the sources that were DMing me were players that weren't from companies where these players were going because people were talking behind the scenes. And it wasn't like just one random person. It was like multiple people were talking. Don't message me. Yeah. I don't want to know. Yeah. It's I nice. Katrina Allen, I've got zero messages. I know nothing. Uh, that's nice. But yeah. you can handle it. You can handle that stuff. I don't want to know where people are going yeah. i don't want to have that like oh i have to be very careful with what i say right now yeah. because i don't want to upset i don't want any of my that. whole point though is people think that like because drew gibson knows it must be infinite mm. but i'm just saying people talk people talk everyone like disc golf's in this weird transition thing i think i said this in the twitter space where a few years ago they mentioned this in the press conference you know if you rewind ricky back to latitude 64 his first stint there uh, the rumored guaranteed money was in the range of fifty thousand dollars a year. Yep. You know, then he goes to Innova. The rumored range is one hundred and twenty-five thousand, one hundred and fifty thousand guaranteed a year. Mm-hmm. Now you go back to Dynamic Discs. The non-rumored range is a million dollars a year. You, we're only talking a matter of twenty sixteen to now, mm-hmm. twenty seventeen to now. We're, we're, that's five years, and we went from fifty thousand to a million dollars. So the amount of growth in disc golf is insane because now there's a lot of pressure that everyone wants to know the number, everyone wants to know the company a lot more than back in the day. I think it's two things. I think growth is one of them for yes. sure. But then I also think now players are starting to realize, like, wait a second, 
I'm, I was getting severely underpaid. Mm-hmm. So it was a com- it's a combination of but, two things of like yeah. catching up, but also the growth is insane yeah. over the last couple My of biggest years. point in that, though, is if I have a $40,000 contract at the top of the game, right? You're not announcing that. No, if I'm, a, if I'm a 15th best player in the world, I might be signing a no-guarantee contract or a very minimal, maybe $10,000, $15,000 a year guaranteed contract with royalties a few years ago. If I told you that, you don't have this like, oh my gosh, I got to tell everyone I know. Yeah. Because it's $15,000 a year. Mm-hmm. And also the public isn't like freaking out like, oh my gosh, I got to know. I see your point. So if, yeah, I've, if I've been raised in that culture of like, I can tell everyone anything because who really cares? And now all of a sudden we're talking on the FPO side, we're looking at Katrina Allen. We're talking, in my opinion, a minimum of the same deal as Kona and Kristen, four years, $500,000. Now everyone wants to know that. Yeah. So if I go around and telling the same people I've always told, there's going to be one or two that are like, holy cow, this is insane. Dude, you got to hear this. Yeah, and then when I true. tell you, you don't know that no one's supposed to know. Yeah. And so the next thing you know, you've told someone, you've told someone who that person DMs me. Mm-hmm. And then people are like, how the frick people did it get love, to you? People love telling people stuff. Yes. When they have like insider scoop, they love it. So but that's what I'm saying is the gets, Drew Gibson thing, I wouldn't worry too much about how he knows. So Katrina Allen, is going my to official prediction... I got I think Discraft. All right. I, I hate it. I don't like the move for her. Silas. But for some reason that's what I think. See, official uh, prediction. Official prediction. Katrina I wanna, Allen is going to I'm gonna go with MVP. Ooh. I, yeah. The two world champions. In my in my head, if I'm Katrina Allen and I'm getting the same contract from both companies, I'm going to MVP. Yeah. Because then you're you're but you're the top of the, the chain. The only thing that it's making you're me lean. Only, well, exactly. it's, you, it's you and Sarah Holcomb. Exactly. Right. You, you, and you're, bu- you're, you're, you're higher up the, the food chain than Sarah Holcomb. You're the yes. face of the FPO for that brand. Correct. Yeah. Only thing that leads me, leans me towards Discraft is I think the amount of money that it would take to get Paige to leave Prodigy is something that realistically, since it's you not DD. Katrina. You're saying sorry, Katrina. Sorry, Katrina. Who did I just say? Paige. Paige. We already saw it took Paige yeah. to leave Prodigy. Uh, the amount of money that I think it would take Katrina to leave Prodigy this far in, in this late in her career, since DD didn't give it to her because mm-hmm. we just saw that that was Kona and not her, the only other company that I think would have the money and I could see realistically offering that money up is Discraft. I just don't understand the deal. I don't. I. I wouldn't go there as a player. People would be shocked. In cat's shoes, I wouldn't go there as a player. I would go there as a player in my shoes. But okay, well, let's. That's well, a whole different yeah. story. What about you, Brody? <laughs> what do you think, Katrina Allen's? Going? I'm not going to say. Okay. Uh, let's bring up. Ha- let's no actually. Comment. Yeah, no comment. Let's let's transition into Haley now because that was one of the conspiracy theories of Haley leaving Discraft. Yes. Is Katrina's coming in? I I don't the know. Haley exit again. I'm I'm being quite frank. Uh, I'll be completely transparent and open. I don't know any workings that's going on at Discraft. I am I am completely out of the blue, and mainly that's because I don't go sniffing around and asking questions. I bet if I did and I texted the right people and I asked questions, I probably could know. I don't want that pressure of knowing, so I have no idea. I didn't know Haley, when Haley announced. I was still, you guys know, I was still like waiting for my uh, the Haley King Vultures and the Missy Gannon Thrashers. We just got them. We just they, got them in they will foundation. Be, they will be on the site. Yeah, so if you want uh, Haley King's last disc with, with Discraft. Yeah, I'm going to still do a, re- a review on them and throw them and see how they fly. But I was getting ready for that, and then all of a sudden, Haley's like, I'm out. So one thought is Katrina, she got wind that Katrina was coming in maybe, and then she's like, okay, 
I was already kind of in Paige's shadow all year. And if you do listen to her in interviews and stuff, she talks all the time about like wanting to have her own path and yeah. wanting to kind of do her own thing. And so if she felt like she couldn't do that at Discraft, and then you have Katrina coming in that again would jump her, right? Yeah. So now Haley would be the third player essentially on Discraft. Maybe she leaves then. Who knows? I have no in it, I have no inkling where she could go. No inkling. The question I, is, does she the question do you think have, she already have it? Do you think she already lined something up exactly my before question. she said deuces? Or do you think she said deuces and now she's like Hey, let me yeah. see. Can that that was exactly my question is, does Haley know where Haley's going? Um, because here's the here's the thing that tells me that this was a sudden dismissal. Because wouldn't you maybe announce dismissal that? Dismissal is the wrong word. A sudden exit. Because I don't know. We It's not clear. only thing it's not clear is, was it Discraft or was it Haley that made this decision? Um, but to me, Discraft ran Haley a disc that at the end of the year, the Haley King Vulture... Tor- like swirl ESP, yep. the stamp basically just commemorates a good season. Yeah, it wasn't for like it a wasn't, win or anything. It wasn't right? for a specific thing. So realistically, there's no specific like Missy Gannon's is for the tour championship and all of that. Her finish of the season, mm. Haley's Kings. There's no specific reason to run the disc, right? So you don't make that disc unless you're planning on Haley King staying and moving forward because you're making the disc to help build her brand, help build her up you know, all X, Y, or Z, maybe fulfill a certain part of a contract, yep. whatever. You're making that disc with the future in mind. Other side thing, like I said, we just got ours in. You don't, just if, if you have been planning this for months and you're running this disc, you're getting them all out the door before Haley leaves because you want to be able to push them. Yep. You're not waiting until after Haley leaves to send these discs out. Are so, they more valuable now that, are they easier to sell now that you know Haley's leaving? I think they're not? more valuable now, yeah. You think so? Um, okay. Easier to sell, I don't know, because now you don't have Haley pushing them. But I think they're more valuable. Oh, that yeah. is true. She is um, pushing them. I but didn't think about that. To me, I just think that's I think that's a very key thing that we have to keep in the back of our minds. Is this disc was just being made? So that tells me that something happened, something changed, whether it's on Haley's side or on Discraft side that said, "Hey, it's time to move on." Mm-hmm. Uh, other thing that I find weird with Haley King is the day before she announced she's leaving Dis- uh, Discraft, she announced that she was leaving Ridge Roller. Uh, ladies first disc golf oh. and resistance discs. Yep. Resistance discs make sense. They only carry discraft. Ridge Roller, interesting. Just a cart company. No ties to discraft there. Ladies first disc golf. I looked at it. No real ties to discraft. Not sure why she left that. That, that one seems yeah, weird. Yeah, that one seems weird. Uh, but all three, Gonzo. Then the next day she leaves, announces that she's leaving discraft. Only thing out of those three that I take that I could be diving too deep into, but I think might be significant, is the Ridge Roller contract makes me wonder, is she going somewhere that has a cart of their own and she can't be sponsored by a competitor? That would lead you to MVP and Dynamic Discs, or at least a company that has their own bag, which that again goes DD, Innova has their own bags. I've heard uh, Discmania's like messed around on and off about developing their own, and you have Prodigy in the, in the running. Could you imagine well. a Swip Swap? situation so, cat me, goes to discraft Haley goes to prodigy my gut is little trade dark horse mvp prodigy disc mania are the three front runners for Haley. Okay. i don't see innova picking up another player this season no uh i could be wrong there for innova's sake fanboy till i die i hope i'm wrong there <laughs> um but i don't see them picking up another another player this offseason so to me we have prodigy disc mania mvp for Haley because i think 
I, the tough part is I would put Haley performance-wise above Kona. But I don't think I'd put Haley value-wise above Kona. I don't know if I'm wrong there, but I, again, go back to Dismania. The value is the hardest part. I don't know if Dismania is offering that contract. Other thing you could look into is Haley, I think, could fit in at an infinite disc type situation. Ooh. Um, Did, so does she have a good at. tie with Drew? Aren't her and Drew kind of tight? I believe so, but don't quote me on that. I don't know. Okay. I think so. So I don't know. Haley, I'm even more confused about than Katrina Allen, to be honest. I have, I yeah. have no, no earthly idea also, where she's going. I don't know if she knows where she's going. Also, right yeah, I was going to say, also no clue as a timeline of, and which is a wild thing because we are, we are We're like, very I'm, close. I'm trying to like dial, dial in my bag yeah. for Vegas right now. Like we are in those, we're in that situation of where everyone's trying to figure out what they're doing. Um, and if you listen to like Ricky and, and, um, uh, Kona. Kona and I'm trying to think of someone else that's switched recently. But if you if you listen to the people that have switched sponsors, like they already knew they were switching like a month before the announcement, and so they were already grinding out. Ricky said reps. he wasn't really just because. Well, he said he he was trying to avoid being caught on the course. Course, yeah. But I'm sure he was throwing somewhere. He yeah. Well, the other thing for Ricky is location. Ricky also he's also familiar with those discs yeah, already. His eyes also lit up when someone at the press conference asked him about if he had kept a secret stash or anything, he's like, oh, I kept my, like, go-to harp, my beat-in, like, such-and-such such harp. Do you think he ever, like... My glow like, ballistas. He's like, I didn't know why I kept them, but I just couldn't get rid of them, so I put them in a storage bin. So as soon as I knew I was coming back, I pulled them out, and they just feel money. I could just see... I could just see the fire in his eyes. I was like, next year's a dangerous year if you're someone that's not Ricky Wysocki. Do you think he ever, like, after he lo had, like, a bad loss at a tournament, do you think he ever went and just, like, held one of his, his, like... Held his harp and just, just like, held his, like, oh, my dang. gosh, if I had this. When you take the thumb track off, the pig just <laughs> feels so much better. All right, let's 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 talk about the big contracts now, too. Uh, the ones that have been announced. You got, first, Kevin Jones staying with Prodigy. Yeah. Four-year deal. I knew it. I freaking knew it. No no actual announcement. I think you were right in the in the interview that he did on Johnny Disc Golf where he kind of... Renegotiate. He kind of, like, gave up, gave up the the spoiler himself yeah. by saying, like, he's renegotiating kind of thing. So him, four years... No numbers came out, which I do find interesting because I think what is going to be a theme at some point is each manufacturer, they're going to start having more pressure and players, I'm sure, too, are going to want to announce, like the top dogs are going yeah. to want to announce it. But at so what point At what is, point do you him, not announce it? Him and Chris Dickerson are the top dogs there. So my question is like, yeah, like if it was a Ricky deal – you 100% announcing that. Yeah. So clearly, it's probably not a million a year. Who knows? You can all all, all spec speculate. Spec. Well, let's say this. Let's say speculate. Let's put Kevin Jones at four years, a million dollars. Mm -hmm. Let's just say it's that. So he's getting two hundred fifty thousand guaranteed a year from Prodigy. I have no reason to believe that. I'm just throwing a number out that's easy for math. So don't go quoting me on that. But if I'm Prodigy, is it a bad look? Yes. Since the big contracts have come out, if I yes, announced that, of course. So it's that's what I'm saying. Is like, at what point? At what what guaranteed money I, I per think, year do you announce Kevin? I think Jones? for Kevin Jones, it would have had been like over half a mil. So if, if Kevin Jones signed a four year, two million dollar deal, five hundred thousand guaranteed a year. Yeah, I think we're announcing that. Think announces. Yeah, yeah, I think it gets announced. But that's just where things are going to get even more interesting. It's going to be is Like if Calvin leaves Innova next year and he what goes somewhere contract? and they don't announce it, are we all sitting like, 
did Calvin get underpaid or yeah or like if Eagle re-signs with Disquania again and doesn't say anything yeah then you're immediately at least in my head I'm going well that means they didn't he didn't get the Paul Ricky contract is what that in my head tells me because to me players again the fact that players are so fast to tell other people what they're making right just like you said like people love talking about how much they're making when they sign big contracts the fact that it has to. It would have to be the manufacturer not wanting that information to get out, and there's two reasons for that, and we'll go into this later. It's either because they don't want it to look like, oh, man, like they're not really paying that person that much, or they don't want other people that they're sponsoring to know how much they're paying that person because then they have to pay other people more. I will say, I forgot I even said this, but when you just said that, it reminded me that I said this. When I said I thought Kevin Jones was coming back to Prodigy, and I thought his big announcement – at that time, I thought his big announcement was going to be his dollar amount. Mm. I thought that was a big announcement. I did say, I wonder if I'm Prodigy, the only thing I'm wondering is if that dollar amount upsets Katrina Allen and Chris Dickerson. Yeah. the Dicker- Katrina Allen has since left. But the is Dickerson, that a potential situation? Like, to me, know. like Dickerson and Kevin Jones, again, that's one of those things of like how much more valuable is one versus the other. Is it a coin flip? Again, that's for them to decide. But... Are we miss before we go into the Ricky and Kona situation? Are we missing anyone else? Uh, I believe Gannon Burr is planning on announcing something. Something. No idea. If is it's, it tomorrow? I think it's tomorrow. Yeah. Don't know if it's a manufacturer. Sponsor, I would be shocked if, if, if Gannon. It's a, if it's a new sponsorship, I'd be shocked if Gannon left Prodigy. We had like some a form of a sponsorship with Gannon, some on and off last year. Uh, didn't really turn into what I think either of us really hoped it to be, but you know, neither here nor there. Um, but b- at the beginning of the year when we were signing with him and brought him in, I got to spend, you know, a decent three or four days with the guy. I have never met someone more in love with prodigy than Ganon Burr. Mm. He was showing me like all his, like everything. So you that say is, extension. I, if he left prodigy, someone offered him something. It's definitely not Corey hair. That's your wife's hair. Is that my wife? Well, this one's my wife's hair. That's a hundred percent. Our Corey's are if, not long hair. <laughs> if he leaves prodigy, someone, someone gave him a big contract. I think that's the only thing that's taking him away from Prodigy. So that could be the, that could be the announcement tomorrow. We'll if he leaves Prodigy, it's going to be very interesting. The other thing that I think, before we get into the Ricky and Kona things, the other thing that I think is going to be interesting is the Haley situation. If that is something that we're going to continue to see, because you see Haley, like you said, she was kind of in Paige's shadows. We don't know if Katrina Allen came in, was another wedge, or what exactly happened, but Haley was also starting to slip into Missy Gannon's shadow a little bit. Yep. To where you have a player like Haley who wants to blaze her own path. She, wa- she wants to be the the player at a company, rightfully so. How many players are we going to start to see like that? Because the longevity in disc golf is so long. Yeah. I want to dive into that later because I do have this comparison thing right now where there is a massive, massive difference in playing and winning a lot of money on tour and actually sponsorship dollars. And I think that goes a lot into what you're saying, and I want to dive into that later. Okay. So let's just we'll go. Sh- into it later. Let's Quick go. Quick sh- shout out oh. to oh. Michael Forbes with the super chat, and we also had Matrix three seven zero waiting to hear Cat Simon Foundation disc golf. Oh mm. gosh, you never know. Um, All right, Ricky, Ricky and, and Kona. Kona. So let's let's first break down the videos. Yes. How do we feel? I, I didn't even get to say anything. I thought Kevin Jones' video very well done. I thought it was a great video. Well produced. It was a very well produced video. Realistically, um, all, all the videos we're about to talk about very well done. Yeah, yeah they're well all produced. produced very I, well I done. I think I heard GK Pro did that. Did Kevin's? Yeah. Oh, very so. nice. Okay, I so. yeah. I mean, he's, that makes sense. He's super, super tight with uh, Luke. Um, 
So that makes sense. Uh, okay. The first thing I got to talk about is I, I definitely admire what they were trying to do with the whole pickup in the car service, helicopter in. I think they just missed a little bit with one shot. The one that it, showed the Emporia Airport. You can't show that you're flying from the city that you're already in. Yeah. It's not a good look. And also, no, the, I mean, it's not a bad look. It's not a bad look. It's super now, cool. Now, it was idea, a really cool video. Very the, cool. The idea was very my, cool. Here's my point, though. Here's my point. If you're in New York, if you're in L.A., that's sick. Yeah. Because when you're super filthy rich and you live in those cities, you do helicopter places. Yeah, Why? Because the traffic is trash. Emporia, Kansas. Guess what? No traffic. Yeah, I guess I guarantee it took longer to go to the, air, the go to the airport and take the helicopter in. But again, that's me a little nitpicking. Whatever. I think that's the only thing that missed in the videos. Yeah. Other than that, it would have. I'll give I them thought this. everything else was. I think it if they been, missed that one shot. If they yeah. literally still do that one shot, and you had talk about what you. So what I was your, thinking, your idea, because your idea was actually fine. They were at a private airport, so like if they could have just found a private jet there. You don't have to rent it. Correct. And just say, hey, we need to get two shots. And those two shots just being Ricky stepping off the private jet and Kona stepping off the private jet and getting into the same black SUV Sick. and that black SUV driving off. Sick. Then we're all sitting there thinking they Did just they, they just bought a private, private jet, jet and flew them in from wherever they're sp- Arizona. They're spending their off season. And everyone's freaking out. Yeah. <laughs> Once a helicopter, like how far are you actually going in a helicopter anyways? Not, well, not to be fair, not helicopter, to be fair, helicopter rides are fantastic. Yeah, and, and I think it was the Ricky's, shots they got was I think, sick. I think it was Ricky's first time in a helicopter. It was very, very cool. So the shots they got cool. and the whole video was very well done. I also love the new DD headquarters where they have like the waterfall wall. Reminds me a lot sick. of. Remi- it was very sick. Reminds me a lot of Callaway's headquarters. Really? Yeah, of where like you walk in and it's like, wow, this is like this is something. Yeah, like that was incredible. Yeah, I. We need that for debate night. Silas, get on. I have no. I mean, right, if you're telling me this thing to buy this without Connor making it was like seven hundred dollars, I don't even want to yeah. know how much a wall well, okay, of water that would costs. have been steel. It would have been metal if okay. we did, but it doesn't matter. A wall of water would be very expensive. All right, so now we're looking at we're looking at the Kona. contracts themselves. Yeah, Kona basically matches uh, Kristen Tatar's contract: four years, one twenty-five, guaranteed a, a year, guaranteed a year, and then bonuses, and then what, whatever that means, incentives. Ricky. Excuse me. Well, sorry. Protein shake. Ricky matches Paul's contract just instead of 10 years, four years. And then he goes swag mode and gets a 250K signing bonus in Bitcoin. Yeah. Which I will say I mean, one Twitter thing. blew up, by the way, with that. I don't yeah. know if you saw that, but like Bitcoin. Bit, first off, Twitter, Bitcoin. I, I made one tweet about Bitcoin. And I, I, I got like 20 messages from yeah. people I've never heard of talking to me about Everyone's Bitcoin. a Bitcoin expert. People are nuts um, about Bitcoin. Bitcoin, we'll leave that here or there, whether you think it's a great investment or a bad investment. But basically, Rick, Ricky's either going to be very, very rich five to 10 years from now. or Well, he's going to be anyways because he's going to be making a million dollars a year. But that Bitcoin is either going to make him very rich or his signing bonus is not have to sell it. Which, to be honest, to it's, honest like, it's a signing bonus. Signing it's a good, bonus yeah, so why not? Uh, I did see some people, though, say that that signing bonus, are like, oh, my gosh, that makes it a bigger deal than Paul's per year. Not necessarily true because y- we forgot about Paul's McLaren. Paul's McLaren was his signing bonus. When you look but, at it, signing bonus to signing bonus, 
value wise as, 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 as soon as you drive the you McLaren gotta go up off, front. as soon as you drive the McLaren off the lot sure it, it is cost, now worth two hundred thousand it, it drops immediately Bitcoin, I will be there tomorrow tomorrow Bitcoin Ricky, he might have three hundred thousand yes so <laughs> but it's not it's not what the money's worth it's what the contract was worth correct, correct. basically what I'm saying is both They're players identical. could have got two hundred fifty thousand in cash yeah they oh, one correct. chose a car one chose Bitcoin so that's would, the personal's preference but I would bet it, I, very I, very similar deal. I would I would go with a uh, uh, a Super Bowl bet. I would want my two hundred fifty thousand dollars on I would a team to win the put Super it Bowl. on like black at Vegas or something like that. Like, do you ever see those <sighs> David Dobrik vlogs where he's like, "Here's ten thousand dollars, but before I give it to you, if you want, we can hop in a jet and go to Vegas and bet it all on red." I do love that. And it's I've like never seen that, but that's awesome. it's like so you don't have like the money's not really. It's yeah. kind of like a signing bonus where it's like, "Hey, this money's gonna be yours." But like, since it's not, it's you're playing with house money. Might do you want to go just try to double it up? Yeah. Do you want to just double it? I do love that. And you're like, you know what? Let's do it. Because imagine that piece of content. Ricky's just standing there sweating it out if he's about to get five hundred thousand <laughs> or nothing. Um, okay. So looking looking at these contracts real quick and Ooh. just and the money wise, uh, Silas throws out a hot take on Twitter, which <laughs> I don't. To be fair, Silas, I don't think you were trying to stir the pot up. No, his no. wording was off. Your wording was. Silas is new to Twitter. It, it's well. To be fair, I'm not new to Twitter, and I and I do that all the time. So yeah, that's also true. Um, your point was, if you're an MPO player, and let's yes. say you're like a top ten guy, let's say you're a top fifteen guy. Okay. Right. Yep. And you feel like you have a pretty large fan base, and you start seeing, and I don't even think I don't, I don't even think you have to just say Conan and Kristen's contract. I think you can throw in Ricky. And Paul's and any um, public contract, any public contract. If you're sitting there and going, wait a second, like, what? How, why, why am I only making this much? Like that was what you're trying to say. Is like, yes. are there are there some MPO players out there right now scratching their head, being like, what the heck is going on? Yeah, not necessarily jealous of Kona's contract because she's a woman, but just jealous right, of right. Kona's contract simply from the fact of like because now we now people uh, can actually kind of see where, where people things can are compare. Going. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, well, I'll put it this way: I'm very confident that there's a top ten MPO player, maybe players, that their guarantee in their contract is less than fifty thousand dollars a year. They're guaranteed. Mm. Yeah. Whether or not they re- renegotiated that, I don't know. They have a lot of royalties and they make a lot of money, so they make a lot more than that. But right. if you're seeing players not have to lift a finger, not have to sell a disc and still make a million dollars a year, and they're players that maybe are only beating you by 10 strokes per tournament, I might, or if you're seeing a player you know, on Kona's side making 125000 guaranteed a year, and you're sitting there, again, you're going, she's not lifting a finger to move plastic. Like She could sell no discs, and she's getting paid $125,000 a year. Now, that would make dynamic discs sweat a lot, but guaranteed is guaranteed. So if I'm sitting there and I'm like, the only way I'm making money is if I make my company money, and these players are guaranteed like set right now, like they're they're able to have four one ks, they're able to actually make payments on a mortgage, they're able to think about starting families, all that. They don't have to worry about how many discs they're selling. I'd be sitting there going, okay, what the heck? I need to renegotiate ASAP. So to wrap up this, Ricky, one thing that I thought was interesting in his interview during the press conference is he said that. He didn't want, he could have apparently, from, from his words, he could have signed a longer deal contract. Yeah. He could have done five, six, seven, eight for eight, you know, eight million, whatever it may be. But he is, 
he he likes the four years because he wants he believes, which is an interesting take. He believes that disc golf is going to continue to continue continue to grow. And he is kind of betting on himself that he's going to continue, continue to get better and better and still be at the top. Yeah. So that in four years, now he's signing a five-year, $10 million contract yeah. versus being locked in eight years for eight mil. What are your guys' quick thoughts on that before we go to the next I think topic? it's smart, smart play. I mean, if you think that you're going to keep working hard and, and keep getting better, then, um, then you go for it. Um, I think it's smart by him. I don't know. What do you think, Hunter? Hunter? Uh, I mean, I think there's two ways to look at Because obviously when saying that, he was kind of basically not calling Paul's deal dumb, but basically being like, I don't know if Paul did it the right way. I would be shocked if in a long-term contract likes Paul's or if bro- if um, Ricky would have signed a long-term contract if there's not a renegotiation clause of mm. like after X amount of years we can renegotiate. If that's the case, I would almost argue it's smarter to sign the long-term just because we don't know what's going to happen in disc golf. Because what I would be scared of, and what I kind of am scared of as a fan of the sport and a person <laughs> talks about the sport regularly, Fear in your eyes. is that there's going to be a point where the growth, I don't know how much of COVID growth is true growth. Like, are we at a point where there's more fans in disc golf today than there will be in disc golf this time next year? To where, like, as the season, this new, like, as life continues to go back to normal, people get back in their routines... Are there going to be, is there going to start to be a fall off of disc golf fans before it kind of picks back up again? Where like a lot of people that just got into the sport, spent a lot of money, spent a lot of money, now have discs and they're like, hey, I play every once, a, once every once in a while, but I don't really follow it like I did when I was in quarantine. Or I don't really follow it now that I'm not working from home anymore or whatever. To where companies that are promising this four or five years from now are like, hey, that million dollars we were paying per year it just doesn't make sense. Mm. You know, I think we, we just can't offer it again. And then Ricky's like, all right, I'm going to go somewhere else and get it. And everyone else is like, yeah, that, we're not going to be able to offer it. What Ricky's doing as a player makes a ton of sense to me because Ricky's still kind of early in his career, relatively speaking, disc golf-wise. I believe he's 27 uh, or so. So four years, he's only going to be 31. He'll still have a solid five years in his disc golf career, maybe longer. Um, so basically what he's betting on is that in four years from now, I'll still be at the top of my game. Mm-hmm. And then I can sign my retirement deal. Whereas Paul just turned 30, 10 years, 10 mil is his retirement deal. Yep. Basically 10 years from now, Paul's being like, that's when I'll play some master's events and stuff like that. But Paul's not expecting to, after 10 years, sign a five-year, $10 million additional, deal because he knows deal, yeah. this was his retirement deal. Ricky's deal isn't his retirement deal yet. It's kind of similar that Eagle, I don't think would be smart to sign a really Super long-term long deal because again, they're so young. That if Ricky over the next four seasons wins three world titles, ten years is a long. That's a very very long contract. So across any sport, yeah. If I'm in Ricky's situation, over the next four years, I win three more world titles, and he is right, and disc golf does keep exploding and getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Then yeah, he might be like, hey, my four years is up. I'm ready to sign a five year, fifteen million dollar deal. You know, just show me where to sign because he's worth whatever he says he's worth. Yeah, that's kind of the bet Ricky's bet taking on himself. From an athlete perspective, I like it. The only thing that scares me is we're in a ever-changing, ever-growing sport, and this is unheard of money in this sport. And the question is, this is going to happen. A company is going to bite off more than they can chew. The question is, will we be able to predict which company it is and at what point it happened? Mm. 
Is yeah. it dynamic? I don't know. I don't think so, but it could yeah. be. Yeah, and we'll, we'll again. These are all topics that we'll we'll give a little bit more time to because I do think the landscape of disc golf is it's an interesting one right now. Last thing before we jump into something that I found very interesting is your thoughts. Let's just say fifteen seconds each of us. Your thoughts on should players? Because this is something that a lot of people have been talking about. Should players? contracts be public info should should just be like a thing where every player i let's just say let's just say the top half no no silas yes yes i'm gonna say no as well it's private companies at the end of the day you you said i i think they should have a choice well, yeah, that they, makes sense. yeah, I agree with that. I think I think players like if, I think players they shouldn't should, have to, but if they want to, go for it. I think players, yeah, I think I think it should be like more on the player. If the player yeah. wants to announce it, yes. I think the company should allow. And I've them seen to this. I've it. seen yeah. a lot of people I don't say think they should be forced. Yeah. I've seen a lot of people say every professional sport has public contracts. We want to be a professional sport. That's not true. What Non-spo- you're seeing is these are sponsorships. What you're seeing is different. if they were joining the L.A. Lakers, yeah, you would know how much. But that's because there's a salary cap, and that type of stuff needs to be public. So that but I don't know how much know. I don't know how much their body armor exactly This is an is. endorsement deal. People Correct. get too confused and too caught up on Team DD, Team these Discraft. Aren't teams. They're not on a team. No, no. These are you don't these have teammates. You're an endorsement deals. deal. It's kind of like you don't is, unless I'm misunderstanding stuff. Unless it's a big public thing, you don't know how much Dupont or Dupont whatever paid to be on the Jeff Gordon race car. No. That's an endorsement deal. Unless I they want to make it public. But if it's Unless a public they thing. they want to make it public. Yeah, like in F1, I just started watching that F1 documentary. There was this thing where Rich Energy paid to be on the Haas or Haas whatever car. And it was like a breaking deal of they paid however many millions of pounds. And for like a mid-race, mid of the middle of the pack company, it was a big deal. Mm-hmm. That's why that was public. But other times, it doesn't have to be public because... You don't know how much Rory's making to be hitting whatever clubs he hits or whatever it may be. That's a choice because these are endorsement deals. Like like people don't know how much you're getting paid for a brand deal. No, no one has an endorsement no one, deal. no one has any idea how much Fireball paid me for that Instagram. Yeah, and no one, no one has and no one has the right to. Correct. But if you were, if I wanted to go out and say, hey, guess what? I just got paid. I've talked about this before. Yeah, I've talked, you've talked about, about it on like some like, past deals um, and stuff like that. Yeah, I talked about like some past deals I've done and stuff like that. But yeah, I mean, each time you do it, a sponsorship or whatever, you don't have to say it. Yeah. Let's dive right into kind of what you're just talking about. And one of the reasons Silas, where I don't think um, it's going to be necessary for play or necessary for companies or players to say what the deals are. Cause right now, like the big thing is like you want players to know what the contracts are to be able to have an idea of where they stand. The mm-hmm. fact that now we know what Ricky's making, Paul's making, Kona's making, Kristen Tatar's making, and maybe some others will come out and we'll have an idea of what people are making. Now, as a player, whether you're right or wrong, <laughs> you can, start you can at least in. start putting yourself somewhere of where you think you can kind of stand. I think the reason that people think it's important is there's not agents yet. And that's, that's the agent That's job. exactly what we're going to talk about is... If I'm managing you, Silas, if, and 10 other people, I'm going to know all of your contracts. Yeah. And when I walk into... The, I guess I'm the agent. When Trevor walks in the door, I'm be able to quickly fit Trevor in my lineup of Trevor fits between Brody and Silas. So this is what he's worth. Yeah. And that's exactly what my agent does. My agent has... Who knows how many clients they she has? She, I mean, heck, she's got like four or five assistants, I think, that all have clients too. Yeah. And so when someone comes to the thing and says, "Hey, what is, what is Brody's rate?" Boom, 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 boom. It's and very she knows easy. Yeah. What it, like, 
things change and whatever. So what I want to get into, and, and Silas, you can throw this up on the screen now. So if you're watching live with us on YouTube right now, you can read along. This, I believe, was on Reddit. Um, and it says that Jonathan Poole, Innova team manager, seemed out of touch on the Upshot player sponsorship roundtable. Ta- round so the Upshot is a podcast uh, over on Alti World. And they did like a player sponsorship roundtable mm-hmm. where I believe they had Yuli, uh, Jonathan Poole, and Sarah Holcomb on. And if you haven't watched it, it's it's a good it's a good listen because there are a lot of interesting, a lot of interesting topics that actually Charlie brings up. Um, I will say actually Charlie does not mind pushing the boundaries and asking no. tough questions, which I, I respect. The press conference today, he asked some. He asked some really good questions. Yeah, he asked some really good questions. He had Kona frazzled. Kona, Kona didn't know how to handle it. Um, but you can see kind of Yuli, Hokum, and Jonathan Poole walk on eggshells yeah. a lot of times because they're asking questions and they're like they're trying like, to get they answers. They're this not. podcast. So this is what the person said. Um, oh, no, this he, he uh, closed captioned. He yeah. quoted. He quoted what Jonathan Poole said. So he said, uh, again, this is Innova's team manager. You'd hate to see it get to have the agent come fully in between you and the player. As long as it doesn't completely eliminate the conversation, and at some point it's probably inevitable. Maybe it will have to go that way. I'm sure that will pave the way for more money to be made, but that wouldn't necessarily equate to better. Okay. I think that we've had it pretty darn good up to this point. This seems like a golden era where the players are getting paid what they should be getting paid. We're still able to do things in a friends and family frisbee kind of culture. For me personally, I'd hate to see the com- that completely go away. And that then seems like something I'd expect to see on like my mom's wall when I walk <laughs> in, like friends, family frisbee. And then this person continued to said to me, "This seems like the corporate. This seems like corporate saying we're all family. Everything is working great as they underpay play as they underpay employees. This seems pretty showing as they have been losing players left and right. So now we're going to talk into the end of a situation, right? Because if you're talking off-season wins, you got to look at dynamic discs. Oh, yeah. If huge, you're talking off-season. off-season losses. Oh, we didn't even talk quickly about Mason Ford and Valerie Mandahano also going dynamic discs. Also going to dynamic discs. Those Keep are two, those two other people. Uh, if you're talking about losses, everyone right now is, is throwing it straight at Innova. Yeah. And listening to this, I will say a couple things are very, very alarming to me. The first one being I don't understand how making more money – is not necessarily good. I don't know how that's possible. If a player is able to make well, more money... Well, it's probably money, because they'd have to pay them more money. Not good for them. Yeah. But they're trying to say it might not be good in general for the player. And then I completely agree with whoever posted this on Reddit. This whole notion of we're a family, uh, we look out for you, we care for you, all this stuff. Uh, to me, it's... I don't know if I'm buy, I don't know if I buy any of it. Sure, I I guarantee there are people probably at companies that really care about certain players, but at the end of the day, they are business and it's a bottom line situation. And I agree. Like when when you make someone feel guilty to ask for something that they feel like they're worth because they're it's this family culture. That's where it gets really it, that's where it gets really really touchy. That's and why I think it, that's why important. agents are perfect to come in because the agent now can make that separation so you can still have a really really good relationship with whoever you have at the company and the agent comes in and is there the person that is kind of fighting for you and trying to They're make the it ones work. that has the uncomfortable conversations. This notion 
the 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 way that Innova plays it of where they're saying like they they don't want to eliminate the conversation, I don't know what that means. When an agent comes in, that doesn't mean you're never going to be able to talk to your player. Yeah. There was a lot of thing like I said, go listen to it because when he was talking about that, it it is something that if I was I don't know. If I was a if I was a player on Innova, I would really listen to what he was saying because it does it gave me vibes that at the end of the day they are always going to try to control like the narrative, control the power and try to make it really really difficult for players to get what they're worth. Here's what I've seen in my opinion starting back to when Paul left Innova. I think the bet Innova's making whether mm-hmm. it's the right bet or the wrong bet, is that the biggest contract, the only contracts that they truly, truly care about are the Dick Sporting Goods and Walmart. I agree with you. Um, yeah. Because here's, here's what I think happened. Uh, well, I me, don't know let this me just, for a fact. Let me quickly just say, too, yeah. before you go, I think the way that they're – I think this way of how they're handling players and saying that they hope that agents don't, like, come in and, like, take over this, like, situation, I don't like that at all i think agents do need it if if player i mean we had we talked to someone's agent today yeah it was a great conversation i didn't think it was weird at all if anything i want more of that because you can get to the point and get things well it also allows the company that's potentially sponsoring the player to say things that they might truly feel about the player without worrying about hurting their feelings correct it's it's a good it's good for both parties but what you're about to say, I also kind of agree with where is innova kind of big braining people yeah so when we go back to when Paul left Innova, what I think possibly the scenario we're looking at is that Paul leaving Innova grew Discraft like crazy. No doubt, best signing Discraft's ever made, period. But I think it grew Discraft a lot more than it hurt Innova. Simply because what Innova has is a death grip on the beginner player. For one reason, really a few reasons... Uh, but the main thing is when you first get into the sport, it's not until you're already in the sport that you start looking at the top of the game. So when you first get into the sport for the next, who knows, however many years, the first thing that most players are introduced to is Innova. The way you're introduced to something else is if like when Silas got into the sport, he had Trevor and I gave him discs. Mm -hmm. We gave him Discraft and Prodigy and stuff like that. But if you didn't have a friend, if you just walked in, you're like, hey, this thing looks pretty cool. I saw it at my park. I'm going to go pick up some discs. I walk into my local Dick Sporting Goods. I see Innova. I buy a DX Shark and an AVR. I go out there. I'm going to go back to that Dick Sporting Goods to buy my next discs. It might not be till I've been playing for five months that I turn on Disc Golf Network or Jomez and find, oh, the best player in the world using blah, 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 blah company right now. And now I'm going to go buy Discraft. I'm going to go buy Dynamic Disc. What are, what are they all about? Uh, so I think that Innova might have seen, hey, really? Like, Paul was making us a ton of money, but... When he left, when, we, when he we left, still made a lot of money. Yeah, and now we didn't have to worry about him, that. And we didn't have to pay So if him, a player yeah. comes to them and they're like, hey, I'm worth a million dollars a year, they might be able to look at their numbers that they have because they have more data than anyone else in the sport and say, no, you're not. You're actually not worth that to us. You might be worth that to a different brand because yep. Paul was worth that to Discraft. I think, I think uh, what you just said can't be more true yeah do destroyers sell if no one's name is on it so that's the that's the interesting thing right now yes i think that in the short term i don't think innova's mindset is going to hurt them drastically Mm -hmm. in the short term because again i think that 
players like I'm a perfect example of this. I get caught up in the hype every year. Mm-hmm. I start throwing like I'm gonna start trying some DD stuff because this new hype of Ricky throwing stuff. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna put a heart back in my bag. I do it every year. Paul, I switch most of my bag to to Discraft. But end of every season, you know what's in my bag? Destroyers and Thunderbirds. Mm. Because that's what I started with. That, and that's what a lot of players are like, I just can't get rid of this disc because that's what I got comfortable with. That's what I learned with. But my generation of players and the generations older than me, we're not always going to be the main generation of players. Mm-hmm. Right now, we're the main core group of disc golfers, but there is a heck of a lot more disc golfers getting into the sport than us. So Innova in the short term, they're not really going to be hurt, I don't think. What's going to hurt them in the long term is five years from now, are they still going to be the only people in Dick's? Are they still going to be the only people in Walmart? Yeah. Or will it get to a point where I walk into Dick's Sporting Goods and I see Innova and they might have a picture of like at that time, we're talking five, 10 years from now, Sexton's probably retired, Jerem's probably retired. So they might have them as like the voices of disc golf, but do you want to throw with the voices of disc golf? And then you have a dynamic or right disc next cut out with yeah, Ricky. You have three, four time world champion. Champ throwing something and i'm walking in i'm looking at both yep in that moment i might have never heard of ricky wysocki paul mcbeth or Paige pierce but if i see their name and Mm -hmm. i see five-time world champ three time two-time world champ might allure you i might be like oh why would i go with this company that has no one above their name when i could go with this company here so uh, for right now in the short term innova might be making their smart business move of like no you're like we can pay you that but like we're gonna make we're gonna actually profit more if you leave and we don't have to pay you that. So this but is, this five, is, ten years from now, I think that's when it starts to bite them in the butt if their mindset doesn't change. This is my blockbuster Netflix theory. Okay. Or, or Oh, this is uh Trevor's dad had this take on my Twitter responses. Did he? Oh, you didn't see it. Okay. Well, he, might have, he might have stole it from me then. Well, you haven't said it till right now. No, I said it on Reddit. Oh, I maybe said he did I said it. I said on well, there's no way Trevor's dad is I don't know. He's pretty active on Discord. There's golf no stuff. way he's in the Reddit threads reading my comments i mean but, i'm not even in the reddit yeah silas is mr disc golf and he's not on the reddit threads okay so there's my my there's my blockbuster netflix situation i do i do think what you exactly what you just said is true i think innova was the first company to truly see what happens when a big big the biggest name in yeah. disc golf leaves i think they were the first one to see they've got the numbers and I guarantee you if it hurt them and they're like, crap, that sucks. We can never let that happen again. You would not see Ricky going to dynamic dynamic disc. Yeah. So that leads me to believe that they, in their mind, is going, well, that actually didn't really affect our company at all. And we weren't able, like you're saying, we don't have to spend that money. Now, the, the blockbuster Netflix, Dynamic Disc is taking the opposite approach, right? Right now, Dynamic Disc and even Discraft, because like even though Discraft technically hasn't like signed new anyone new, Cat's still out there. They did re-sign a lot of people. They re-signed Hammies. They re-signed uh, Paul last year. They re-signed Missy. Missy, and then I think they also re-signed one other person. I can't. I'm blanking on that name, but they're they're also in the Dynamic Disc of like trying to get a lot of top talent, pay a lot of money to their players. So Blockbuster owned, owned the whole movie business, right? If you wanted to go watch a movie, you go to Blockbuster. This whole Netflix thing starts coming out where they're like you – I mean, back in the day, if you, you guys – rented it online. And they you, sent it you a mailed, physical copy, it yeah. mailed you something in their mail, and then you watched it, and then you sent it back. Yeah. And Blockbuster's just like, this is stupid. Like, yeah, that's that'll not, never go anywhere. That's never going to work. Clearly, it's not that great because I, I, I think there's one Blockbuster open now. 
Hmm. I someone could fact check me on that. I think there's literally one blockbuster. Yeah, Sias, look that up. I, I believe there still is one blockbuster. So that is like that could end up happening here where these players are getting locked into these three, four, five year contracts, and Innova's left with what in a couple years? Someone did make a good point. Ken Climo. They could put 12-time world champ up, and, I mean, no one's touching that. So Sure. But I think... But which, again, yeah. like, Ken Climo, he's not playing anymore. I think yeah. that, I think it's massive to have someone well, that also, is playing. Also, as disc golf coverage gets pushed more, Correct. there's going to be less people that get into the sport that haven't seen it. There's stuff getting posted on Instagram, going viral yeah. on Twitter, all that stuff. So the, ne- the Netflix blockbuster theory, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Moving into the next thing... And this this goes a little bit into the 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 thought of like the bubble per, per bursting at some point, or the balloon popping. I don't know which way you want to say it, but right now, I think you're starting to see a shift in some players' focus. Okay, the fact that right now, if you're a player and you're looking at prize money, the fact that Paul last year set the record for most money ever made, which was like eighty thousand. Eighty nine, I think. Eighty nine thousand. Less than ten percent of his endorsement deal. And now one endorsement deal. Yes. That doesn't include deal. all and these. And that also other. doesn't include the bonuses of that endorsement Correct. deal. Correct. Doesn't include all this other stuff, right? This is going to be something that is going to be an absolute I, I think it could be something that could be an absolute problem where you end up having people that are focusing so much on their brand. That's another thing. I'm very new to disc golf. When I first came in, I never once ever heard any player say brand. Working on my brand. My brand's really going up. Yeah, my, I've n- I never going into it. And you guys can maybe... We talked about it a lot on Griplock, but we were mainly talking about how players' brands sucked. Years ago. Yeah, well, when, when Griplock started, like three years ago, Zach and I would talk about it all the time. Of like players, Person, players you would say brand, or would you say like say personality? Pete's players' personal branding needs to step up. The okay. players don't have a brand, but that wasn't anything that I when I first came in. That wasn't something that I listened, I, I heard a lot about, and now it's like something that you almost hear every single interview. Every player wants a brand. Every everyone has logos now. Yeah, like no one had logos. Everyone's got initials. Back everyone, everyone's got initials, <laughs> um, and so the question is like, people now are putting more focus on sponsorships instead of winning, is that potentially going to water down the product? Now, obviously, there is something to be said about if you go out there and you win, you would then probably get better sponsorships, right? But you look at someone like Kona, for example. Kona won Waco. Mm -hmm. All-star event as well. All-star event. Was a top 10 player, but she is probably getting, I think it's fair to say she's probably getting, I think she's ninth in the world right now. Mm -hmm. I think it's fair to say that she's making more money a year than everyone in the top 10, except for probably Paige and Kristen. Yeah, until we see Katrina. Until until Kat. Yeah, I would agree with that. So is this going to be a situation where the, the fact that, hey, if I go out right now and I win this tournament, I make $75,000. Right, that is going to change people's mindset. Versus, if I go out and win this tournament, I make six thousand dollars. Yeah, I need to focus on my brand. Like, you see what I'm saying? Like, 
is this is this could potentially could this potentially be a problem because in other sports there are only a handful of the top guys. It's really just the top guys that make significantly not even significantly that make more money and sponsorships versus their salaries or their winnings and disc golf. I would say almost everyone in the top 20, maybe top 25 is making more money probably on their sponsorships than they are tournament winnings. Yeah. Well, I think that there's two sides to this. Um, I guess a, the side I'm thinking of is why that is. I think it's because the up to this point, the only, or the majority of the outside money coming into disc golf is coming from us, the consumers, into the manufacturers. So then, therefore, for that money to to reach the players' purses, Discraft or whoever, instead of sponsoring players, would have to say, we're going to put a million-dollar purse a year on D-Glow, mm. essentially, or something like that. Because up to this point in disc golf, we have been the outside money. Mm-hmm. We have been the people going, making money, and then putting that money into our new bag of discs and X, Y, or Z, that's been the outside surge of money. Once you follow money within disc golf, it circles within disc golf. For sure. Uh, but do you see this being an? Do you see this being an issue? That's where point two that, is. So point two is the player brand. The player brand issue is only. I don't think it's going to be that big of an issue simply because, let's say that I am, the fifteenth best player in the world, and I'm looking at these contracts and I'm saying the biggest difference between me and Ricky is that he has the Saki Bomb brand and I don't. And I focus everything on building the Hunter Thomas brand, whatever that is. Hunter the hair. I build Hunter the hair out, and it is the biggest. Could be fire. I try to build the biggest thing ever. And in doing so, I now drop to 50th place in the world, talent-wise. Sure, I've built up a, a pretty decent brand. But now when I go to companies, there's going to be a player whose brand is built on not just social media and X, Y, or Z, mm-hmm. but is built a little bit on that, but a lot of it on winning, or at least being in contention. I still think in disc golf, that brand's going to be worth more because eventually there's going to come a day where like the brand itself isn't going to be strong enough without performance mm-hmm. to where a company's going to be like, well, yeah, we want this, but we want people throwing our products because they're the best and they do the best. Or there's going to be enough people that have both. Yeah, because that's what I think is like as people become general fans of disc golf, you're a great example. People, when you first got into disc golf, mm-hmm. right, people got into the sport because they were following you. Mm-hmm. You had a personal brand, but you didn't have performance yet. So I got into the sport because I'm following you. Then I look at the sport and I see performance, and now I became a fan of Paul, Ricky, whoever, mm-hmm. because they're the ones on the lead card every week. Mm-hmm. So I'm still a fan of you. I'm still buying your stuff, but I'm flocking also Correct. to the top players. Yeah, I, I think, think that's kind of what would end up happening, and c- players or manufacturers are just going to not bypass. Like They're still going to give the big, big brands big money, but they're also going to give the big players big money and I think there's going to continue to be a bigger separation of like, if you have a good brand like the PM line Saki Bomb and you're also atop your game, you're worth the big Double money. Whammy. If you have a mediocre or good brand but mediocre performance or you have a great performance and no brand, then you're only worth X, Y, or Z amount. So I think that there's a, a good mix, but I don't think it's going to be a problem yet. Shout out to Garrett Nelson uh, with the donation. He says, do you agree that feud... Disc golfers truly have a brand, and many just have branding. Seems like a lot of folks are mistaking a logo for a true brand. That's very true, 100. <laughs> yeah. percent People think it's a very basic thing because well, it's just it's one. It's at the end of the day, not everyone can be an influencer. No, well, that's the thing. It's like there I are took, there are tons of people. And, well, brand, and a brand doesn't even necessarily just an influencer. But sometimes you can't like some uh, people uh, just aren't brandable. 
if that makes sense. Well, everyone's brandable. You just have to figure out how. Some players, it takes a lot more work. I would disagree, though. Like in the so. sense of that's quotable right there. That's quotable. No, well, I'm the saying thing. I would it's, I would say there there are some players where it's like they would have to go way out of their shell and do something that they're uncomfortable doing yes. to be marketable or brandable. And but golf, you can, you like can, golf, I'm just yeah. going with golf. Golf has those type of guys. Yeah. Golf has those type of players. And I've talked about this before of where the PGA Tour is literally rooting for certain players not to win events because because they can't do anything with them and those players they don't care because they're winning 1.4 million dollars yeah that's why i think the only issue is with disc golf right now is like are you going to start getting a lot of fakeness from people because they know like i need to get people to like me so i'm more marketable right because golf like at the end of the day like dechambeau does not care Mm-hmm. He's gonna do his own thing, and he does not care because he's making millions of dollars by his performance alone. And obviously, he's still gonna get sponsored and stuff like that. But he's not trying to be someone that like everyone enjoys and everyone yeah. likes. Are you going to get some people that you're just like, oh my gosh, they, this person is just so fake, and it's awkward because you know who they are, and they're just trying to be someone like. They're not. Does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, of course you're going to get that. You get that in every sport. But what I'll say back to the brand and branding thing, people, I think, there's a separation between the brand, like a player brand, and their branding. And I think that's where the blurred line is. The branding is what you see, the logo, X, Y, and Z. The player brand is how they act, how they interact, the actual content they're posting, their tone behind everything. Mm. A lot of players, if you're just 100% genuine, that's your brand. It doesn't matter. You know, if you're a douchebag, you're a douchebag. If you're a good guy, you're a good guy. That's going to be your brand. That is what it is. What eventually will start to happen is people will have publicists. They'll have marketing teams and stuff like that. That, And this was actually something. If When I was watching the F1, the Formula One show, it's been big for years. But I just started out into it. But it was fascinating to me because it's basically looking at a sport that's a little bit of a fringe sport, somewhat individual, uh, so I could just see a lot of parallels to disc golf in many different ways. But one of the, one of the things that was big is everyone had like their, they called them, I forget what they called it, basically like a personal trainer slash best friend, essentially, that's paid to be there so that they could just vent to this person and whatever and not have to hurt their relations. But then every team also had like their publicist and their PR managers. And before interviews, they would sit down and be like, hey, you know, we just got caught cheating when they clearly ask you about this, this is how I want you to respond. Because yeah. this is what our brand is saying. This is the statement our brand's taking. We need you to take that as well. And this is what I'll say. Every sport does that. Yeah. Disc golf, the money's not there no. for that. And I'm wondering, because you do see a lot of people talking about how like disc golf's different. Like All these pros are approachable. Everyone's so nice. All this stuff, right? Do we want to start seeing players not even tweet their own stuff players not even do posting their to? own instagram no. captions no you don't want to but you're going to as the sport gets bigger when you have when the sake bomb brand i've is, already heard some players talk about stuff like this and my, well, my the, thing is always do not do that well the thing is do not when, do that when your whole worst. when your whole brand is like for foundation our whole brand is us being us so if we were to have someone start posting for us that wasn't us 
it wouldn't make any sense. It'd be like this is the stupidest thing. No, but that's what happens with but players. You can, no, because yes, if you're, I can tell. I can literally you tell can, you. You can. I can literally tell you who has someone tweeting for them and who's actually tweeting. Right, because you're on the you inside. No, 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 no. I'm saying, saying like I can read. You can read a tweet. You, you can, can read a bunch of tweets from someone and be like, that is not coming from that guy. True. You can. Yeah. That is coming from a public. The general public can't. I promise you. Mm, I promise. I, when you. Tiger and Phil were going back and forth. But okay. Well, but all I'm gonna say we can is agree to disagree. There, when when players' brands are like the Saki Bomb brand is gonna be worth a lot of money, th- it would be a smart move to have someone just to make sure that everything's ran through a filter. Even if it's me tweeting it, it'd be smart for if my if me personally my image is everything. It's gonna be very smart for me to have someone that just filters everything. Double check. Make sure yeah. like, hey, we're under fire for X, Y, or Z. Do we post? Do we not post? Do we make an apology post? What do we? How do we handle this situation? What's the best way to lose as few fans and gain as many as we can as possible? Mm. There, I think there's a lot of brands in disc golf that, as they get big enough, it's going to be very smart to have that person just to make sure that you don't get on an emotional Twitter rant and say stuff that's like that's what we love. Though. Game over. That's what we want. That's what we love. That's what makes it real. But but I'm just saying. Yeah, I, I think you. that that is going to be very smart when you are your brand. I mean, you heard, you've heard me ask you multiple times, should I, should I send this or what? Yeah. <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm good enough to know. But a lot of that, too, is because of foundation, right? A lot of yeah. that is like, is this going to hurt you guys? Because at the end of the day, like, foundation, like, I don't want to do anything. You know, we, you know, we have multiple employees here. I don't want to do anything to jeopardize these guys. So, um, Got two shout-outs here. Oh, Silas, bring them to One us. One from Damien. He, da- Damon, he says, you guys are on spots – on spot you guys are spot on tonight thank you for the great insight and debate topics and another one from mark says how long before the he makes more than me and barely beats me idea starts to become more than the manufacturers can afford not long at all Mm. well that's where i just think that what's going to be very interesting i don't want to say funny it'll be a little humorous is when there's a player that gets too big for their britches and walks out, stomps out it's gonna Antonio happen. Brown's a company where they're like, you know what? Screw you. I am worth $750,000 a year or bust. I'm leaving. Peace out. And it turns out that company was willing to pay them more than any other company is. And so, they're like, okay, last I need to thing. go take a $50,000 a year pay cut and throw different plastic. Last thing. Some companies, and it's very similar to like basketball. I would say more similar to like baseball. Some companies, your your salary, like what you could get as a New York Yankee is going to be more than what you could get as a Florida Marlin. Yeah. Right? There are some companies that can offer you more money because they know with their branding and your branding, they can make a lot of it money. It makes a lot of sense, yeah. Right? And I think it's, it's, it's very similar to disc golf companies as well where you might go to some company – like, uh, let's just pick Gateway because you guys love talking about Gateway. Heck, yeah. If Gateway signed a top 10 player and paid them a lot of money, I think it could do wonders for them. But if they signed that top 10 player and then they also signed like a 15, 20 player and paid them also a lot of money, that's not going to do much. The second player. The second player. Yeah. Right? That, w- that wouldn't be worth it. No. Because they already have a face. Because they already have someone. But if you look at someone like an Innova, a Discraft, a Dismania, stuff like that, it would make sense to have both, right? So 
it's going to be very interesting. I think that's going to 100% happen where someone's like, I'm worth this. This guy's making this. They peace out, and then that guy's throwing an open bag. Yeah. All right, last topic, and then we're going to open up the calls. By open up the calls, guys, we're actually going to go on Twitter spaces. So if you're watching this live or if you're listening to this later on Apple Podcasts or, uh, or Spotify, join in because we – Believe we have finally figured out a solution for well, Twitter Spaces. We've, we've figured out a solution. It's called this mic on the table next to a phone speaker. I think it's going to sound. I think it's, it's going to sound, sound good okay. enough. Yeah, everyone I, will be fine. I think it's going to sound okay. Um, and we're going to go over on Twitter Spaces here in a second. We're obviously going to still stay live on YouTube. So if you're listening live or you're watching live, you might have to pull out your computer or pull out your phone if you want to if be you want to if you want to be a speaker if you, you want need to pull talk. out your phone you won't be able to do it on your computer if you if you don't want to be a speaker stay right where you are you're and, good uh, to go enjoy it but i oh, think this is uh it should bring in some more actual debates i think this is going to give us more debates because the call-ins the last like three weeks we literally just had questions which again not a big deal but the show is called debate night so last thing prodigy there was there was some conversations about them stealing the design oh, of the pound bag. The pound bag. Okay. What what are what My are our tweet got taken so wrong. What are what are our thoughts on companies stealing designs or ideas if from it's other not, companies? If it's not patented, you can't say a word. Is the is the bag patented? No. Okay. Well, then that ends that debate. That's what I'm saying. My okay. whole, my the whole There's point. No debate there. There's I no screenshotted. I screenshotted it and I said, "This is interesting." What I thought was interesting was the owner of Pound Bag was claiming a few things. Um, one, he claimed that didn't claim. He said this is true as far as I know that he designed the original BP one, the original Prodigy bag, um, and then he was basically saying like, since that design, they've changed my design, blah blah blah, making it worth, make it not the same design. And then they've now replicated the pound bag in what Thomas Gilbert was wearing, all of that. Um, Poor Thomas the, Gilbert, just yeah. like in, in thrown in the fire. I have no problem with that because here, when rubber meets the road, every company for since the dawn of time has com- copied every company. And unless you have an original idea that you patent, you're going to be copied. That's just how it is. There's a reason that there's 58 discs on the market that have 12, 5, negative 1, 3 flight numbers because the Destroyer is the best distance driver ever made and everyone's trying to copy it. There's a reason behind that. There's also people who claim that they made the Destroyer before the Destroyer. Whether or not that's true, I don't know. The whole reason I tweeted the thing was the middle line, which was the owner of Pound, was claiming that with his initial design, there was an agreement for royalties to be paid per bag sold Mm. that he never saw. That's an issue. That's the interesting there's part something of pen to, is there something If there's something pinned to paper yeah. and that's not being met, then that, that's that the part issue. that I was like, what the heck? Like, that's not cool. No. Because, like, that, that is essentially like the patent in the situation of like, there is a legally binding thing of this needs to happen. But if you're a disc golf fan, right? Yeah. And you want innovation, right? You yeah. want companies to look at a product that already exists in disc golf and go, we can make that better. We can make that cheaper. We can make that last longer, whatever it may be. You want that as a consumer. What's funny to me. And you want the competition, what's right? Very, yeah, what's very interesting to me is because, again, I have no problem with it at all. I, I don't see an issue with it. So I'm not hating on this company, but I think it's interesting the reception of two different companies because you have Pound Bag. They design, they're the first to kind of bring this rectangular-looking 
bag to the market and has a very specific, unique look. A few months later, years later, whatever it is, this offseason, we see the Squatch bag come out. Mm -hmm. The Squatch bag doesn't directly copy. They've innovated, added a cooler to the side. They've done... I put the bag on at USDGC, very impressed. Lightest bag I've ever put on, even though it had like 30 discs in it. Not a sponsor of the podcast or anything, but very impressed with that bag. I haven't worn an Octothorpe or a pound bag. Might be the same thing. But regardless, outside looks-wise, if you're seeing social media they posts, similar. they're very similar. So it, people could very easily have said, Squatch bags, we hate you, you copied pound, mm. right? That didn't really seem to happen. People are loving the Squatch bag. People are posting about it all the time. I've seen some comments here and there. But then the second that Prodigy does it, in between all of this, then Prodigy's immediately hated mm. for doing it. And I think that all it is is just the, the preliminary stigma people had against Prodigy for a number of reasons. And then as soon as Prodigy has something similar, which for all we know, how do we know that you know Thomas Gilbert didn't get his hands on a red and white pound bag and just so get a Prodigy logo put on it and project that like, would be hilarious we literally didn't even make that bag and they're getting that paid. would be hilarious i don't know there's no from what i've seen there's no reason to even think that prodigy <laughs> legitimately made this or how the heck do we know that squatch didn't make the bag for prodigy and make it white and red and modify it a little bit and it just end up looking more like a pound bag we don't know the inner workings of any of that but regardless prodigy the second their name was tied to it gets all this hate mm. when i'm like what's the big deal like the pound bag is a high-end $500 bag. There's always going to be a market for that. It's $500? Yeah. It's hand-sewn. Made in America. There's always a market for that. There always will be. You can make not a cheaper version. Not for me. No, not for you. Not but for me. I'm not spending $500. It's the same oh thing my. as why there's a, It's the same thing as why there's a market for the Lexus, the Range Rover. No, I know that. I know people it's because when you're rocking when you're rocking a pound bag on the course Everyone knows you're a baller. You're rocking a pound bag That's on the course. Instinct clout, man. Yeah. If you're rocking a prodigy bag on the course, it doesn't matter if it looks like a pound bag. It's still a prodigy to bag. To me, like five hundred dollars on a disc golf bag, I need to have like I need to have like an iPhone charger in there. I need to have like some sort of like dry ice container that I can keep my drinks cold. I need to have butt warmers. I need to like be able to have like a seat on top of the bag and like be able to turn like a heat like I for five hundred bucks I need a lot. Yeah. All right. Let's get the Twitter spaces going. Uh, again, if you want to chat with us, we're going to go over. Obviously, we're going to still stay here. But if you actually want to speak about anything uh, that we talked about, I mean, we talked about contracts. We talked about should players' contracts be public. We talked about what the heck is going on at Innova. We talked about Jonathan Poole and what he said. Uh, person, I mean, we talked about a whole bunch of stuff. You disagree, call in. We're going to start that up right now. Brody, there's a, there's a few people in the chat. How can people access this Twitter spaces? Literally go on Twitter, and it will be on my Twitter. So if you, Yeah, just search Brody Smith. If you search Brody Smith 21, you will literally see it me. It hasn't started yet. Why are you scrolling so far? I don't know. I saw Rico Bosco. Oh. And you know when I see Rico Bosco, I have to see what he says. All right. So let me see. Okay. Twitter spaces. I guess I need to hop in this thing. Have mine muted. Yeah. What am I doing here? I'm creating one. And again, Twitter space is amazing. We're testing this out mainly because we have seen really good engagement on this when we just have gone on. We've been doing them for like... Basically, it's like emergency podcast, or at least I have. So, like after the um, Kona Panis announcement 
yesterday. I popped onto one for like 30 minutes. It's awesome getting people on here to talk. I yeah, love it. Hey, a little donation shout out to Austin. He says, Ricky announced that he is working with Zuka to make a ridge roller cart, a uh, ridge roller style cart. Ooh. That's interesting. So it, uh, it, it says like, it's do like I need a my mic? I need my mic on. You need your, well, you don't need, you, if you want to turn it on right now, you can. Do I need this mic on? Yes, you need that mic on. This mic needs to be on. Yep, okay. and then you put that. And this is completely full. Okay, so. And you'll still need to control it as in like let people after they request. Yeah, I'll have to do uh, that. Hold on. Let me get, let me get, let me get all these. Or I need to tweet this out. Hold on. Um, I'll hop if in If this here. works, we will have this running a lot smoother next time. Trust me. And Boom. you only have to uh, you only have to open Twitter uh, if you're going to speak. Yeah, only yes. if you're going to speak. This if you want to hear it, you should be able to hear it through here. Okay, so um, okay, yeah, Twitter Spaces. So I, I'm talking to two people. Okay, so Twitter Spaces, uh, welcome, you guys. We are actually live right now on YouTube for Debate Night. If you aren't familiar, this is a podcast that we do every Tuesday night at 8 p.m. where we talk about all things that are going on and disc golf essentially so thank you so much for you guys tuning in i need to join these hunter you want to talk for a little bit because i need to join these yeah so essentially i think the best way for this to work is if you've never been in a twitter space before kind of like if you see jacob has done it you can go ahead and request to speak if you have something a topic that you want to bring up debate talk over uh so on and so forth and we will pop you in let you kind of you know say your topic talk about it for a little bit we'll go back and forth and then we'll bring on the next person so um Okay. Yeah, Brody, if you're ready, we got uh, I, we got a few people requesting in. Uh, and you can... Let me just change this real quick. Brody's doing some last-minute changes, adjustments. Real, real quick. Can I leave Twitter and still be in the Twitter space? No. Oh, uh, yeah, you can. Yeah. Heck, yeah. That way I can have the chat pulled up. We got eyes everywhere. Okay, so we got some people requesting in. I think this is going to be great. Okay, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna add these people in here. We're just adding them all. Oh, that's dangerous game. No, no, no. They, the, everyone will be respectful and mute themselves until they need to. They need to speak. Okay, so I think I added Clinton in first, I believe. So Clinton, you just gotta put it next to this mic. Hey, Brody. Clinton, you're on, and everyone should be able to hear you. Perfect. Uh, two things. One thing about the uh, sponsorships. It's really interesting because Innova hasn't. I don't. Have hold on. Hold on. One, hold on one second, Clinton. Is this mic live? Because I'm not hearing it through my. It's only headset. coming through one ear. Is it? In mine. I'm not even hearing it. Hold on. Clinton, talk real quick just to see if we, we're live here. Hello. Okay. Now, now I can hear you. This all is right. great. All right. Go can for you, it. You can Start hear us over. all right? Yeah. Okay. This might be good, guys. We might be on to something here. All right. Go for it, Clinton. What do you got? Uh, one thing that is really interesting from a manufacturer standpoint is they don't get money, only advertising from having a top-tier pro which I think is a really big thing that people miss is the money isn't coming from their stars winning, but the disc sales. And so not having a top tier pro isn't necessarily an issue when you have Sexton and calling and these household names. Yeah. So you're saying, you're saying some people are missing. I mean, yeah, obviously some people are definitely missing the, uh, the point of sponsorships, right? The point is, to sell product like that's that's really at the end of the day what these manufacturers want to do is sell product and so one way that they do that is 
by you know sponsoring tournaments, getting marketing out there, doing commercials, having players. All they have all sorts of different ways that they spend money to get people to buy their products. And you're saying some people aren't understanding that. And well, essentially, you don't need a top performer to be Absolutely. able to get the, the top results. Is basically what he's saying. Because like he, a great they're point. Still selling, they're still it. selling Climo and Sexton and calling discs, even though they're not the top ten player anymore. Well, I'm a per- I'm a perfect a Matt, example of that too. I'm I'm ranked 80th in the world right now. Exactly. Whereas Matty O going to Westside is a much bigger deal because they don't have the depth of player base for Westside. Mm, I see what you're saying. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree with you there. I think I think there's definitely different ways of t- attacking sponsorships, um, and at the end of the day, you got to do what you think is going to be best for uh, you know for your. Company. I think that's just the question like we were bringing up earlier of brand versus performance uh, in disc golf right now on the sales side and everything. Sometimes brand is more important than performance when it comes to certain levels because Sexton and Big Germ, their brand through Jomez as Big Sexy is one of the most valuable things in the sport and it has nothing to do with their actual performance on the course because like if they could go out and tank a tournament but if they're still doing the commentary and the practice rounds before they're still moving product for innova regardless of what their weekend's performance ended up actually looking like 100 percent, and that's why i'm i'm very interested to see what le castro's deal ends up looking like if mm. they release the numbers which i don't think they will because he's somebody that if he's not winning, I don't know what kind of disc sales he's going to get. Oh, you know what? This actually brings up a, something I didn't talk about that I want to bring up now. And, and we, hey, we appreciate you call you you talking in. Yeah, you, you, can, you can stick around too as if you want as a speaker as well if something else pops up. But um, one thing I do want to mention, and maybe someone will have something to go against this. There is this notion right now not even a notion. There is there there are people that just really want to support mm. disc golf. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. This is right? a good point. So you look at someone like Ezra, right? Ezra's a perfect example. He shows his story. He was driving around in a Prius. He shows like the struggles that he had. And so you have a lot of people initially go, you know what? I want to buy that guy's disc. I want to help support that guy. And then you have other players, too, of where they're like, I want to help support FPO. So they go out and they buy FPO players' discs. And mm-hmm. I want to go and help support this brand new, new Gannon Burr. He's a new rookie. I want to go help him. The question is, does that still continue when you know that Ezra is now making $500,000 a year? Yeah, so like he's no still- longer living in a Prius. Mm-hmm. He's now making $500,000 a year. Are you now still going like, I want to help that guy and buy his disc? This is an interesting, this is a very interesting thing. I want to know, like, especially from you guys listening, uh, we got a couple more people requesting here. What are, what is your thoughts on that? Is that, you know, coming from a fan standpoint, do you ever buy someone's disc simply because you're trying to help support them? And would that change if all of a sudden you found out that now that player is making Two hundred thousand dollars a year, three hundred thousand dollars a year. Um, can we just jump in? Yeah, yeah. Whoever, yeah, you you just jumped in. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. Oh, sorry, I was supposed to, but yeah. Uh, I I don't know if I fully agree with that point. I kind of feel like 
it, it that could be the case for some people but you have to think like even from your story brody like do you feel like you have a lot of dedicated fans like a, a certain group of people who have been there for a really long time no no one is buying my disc because they they know that i need a i need help to pay my bills well agreed personally i don't feel like i've ever really bought a disc like thinking that i'm sure there are people who do oh, they're i've definitely, never really done that but yeah I, I feel like there's definitely people that do right i mean i think it depends on the level of player like, yes it depends on the level of player that's yeah, fair. for sure but that's what i'm saying is like does there come a point of where like someone someone mentioned like nathan queen right someone like Nathan Queen, like that level of player, if you, re- if you figured out that Nathan Queen is making $125,000 a year, or let's say, you know, seventy-five dollars or $80,000 a year, are you now thinking like, oh, I still need to help him? Some players would, I think, and some players, or some people, people. would, and some people... I'm going to say, would it, it drop? It splits the field would a little bit. Would it drop? Yes. Yeah, would it drop? Well, here's the thing, though. You would also, it would drop in that aspect, but you also would have some people who were so, like, in awe and perhaps inspired by his performance like like he had that they're now buying it just because they're like, oh, I want to rep Nathan Queen. Like, but it, those, that's even my, because he's just really good. You know what I mean? But that's my point is like, I think there's a difference between fans, right? Of someone where it's like, I love this person. I'm a huge fan of this person. And no matter what, I'm a huge fan of them. And then people just being very charitable and like being like, I want to help support this player, right? Like I want to help do something to, you know, it, it, here's the point. You see players, right, sell discs on Instagram, right? Yes. Like we've seen that, right, where people, players will have discs come in and they'll sell them on Instagram. If you knew that player was making a million dollars or $500,000 and stuff like that, like are there still people – my point is, is like, yes, they will still sell. My point, I guess, is just like is there's a, does there come a point of where sometimes letting people know how much money you make, could that potentially hurt your sales – because people are going to f- go elsewhere, right? Like your your not diehard fans are going to go elsewhere with their money to help someone else that is living in their car or whatever it may be. That that's mainly my point. Not for like the people that are buying it because they're fans. Seriously, yeah, you're talking about specifically people who are trying to be charitable. No, I, I get what you yes, mean. Yes, um, yes. Yeah, no, I think I think that's a that's a valid point. Uh, although all I would say is, I think once you once someone gets to that next level, they probably don't need the charity as much because like obviously winning and doing well in tournaments is what's going to get you the most fans and so like maybe someone needed that charitable donate like ezra perhaps will really pop off next year now that he's kind of gotten to that mm-hmm. next level you know what i mean yeah i, I mean and again it's not it, it's not so much like the it's it's a much smaller thing you're not going to all of a sudden find out someone's making a lot of money and and be like well i hate that person it's more of like you have $100 to spend on discs. You're going to go and buy Paul's disc, Paige's disc, blah, blah. And then you're like, oh, yeah, I'll go and buy this person's disc too to help them out. I'll buy their tour. You see it a lot with tour series discs, right, where people are buying certain tour series discs to, to support that player. That's my, only, that's my only thing is, like, if they're already supported with the guaranteed money, are we going to see a little bit of an issue? I think the, the other side of it, though, that you uh, are overlooking a little bit is just the um, – player people who start supporting that player when they were like when Ezra was living in his Prius and all of that 
and then they feel loyalty to that player because they've been supporting him for so long yeah. that that turns them into diehard fans. No, for I sure. Think, I think play, people who are going out of their way to do basically what you're saying of like being charitable, small minority, are are essentially already diehard fans of that player, or it turns them into that because they're rooting for that player. That's why they're buying the disc. Okay. I see what you're saying. I really agree with that. I, I think, yeah. Yeah, that's fair. That was well put. That's fair. I just didn't know if there's ever going to be a time where like some fans will be like, oh, that person's making that much money? I would say that person who's saying who's saying that probably would never buy in their disc anyways. In the, in the first place. Okay. That's, I would guess. that's fair. That's fair. Your, your example of Ezra, um, it's though, though kind of good. He did always mention that he had made his money with his real estate, with his brother and stuff too while he was on the road. Mm-hmm. So... It wasn't exactly a charity case. It was mostly just that he was a likable character that had constant uploads on YouTube, had an interesting story, and gained a, a fan base that way, I think. I think it was less about altruism well, and more about fanhood. Well, if he, had, if he had enough money, I don't think he'd be living in his car, right? Well, no, but... I mean, that was, that, was, that was the whole point of his video of like, hey, look what I'm doing, and I don't... I've hung out with Ezra. Ezra is not one of those like nature people where it's like, hey, I'm just gonna go and travel the travel the United States in my car and be yeah. like one with nature. That's not Ezra. So that that's my only point there is like he I, I agree with you. He probably wasn't like strapped for cash like some people are where they're like tournament for tournament, like I need a cash or I have to go home type yeah, or of I thing. Don't eat my beans and rice tonight Correct. I don't think he was ever in that situation, but clearly when Discraft was like, hey, we can get you into an RV. Do you want to do that? He wasn't like, no, I want to stay in my Prius, right? Like, Yeah, I, I mean, true, true. Though I, I, I'm just saying I think a lot less of his, you know, fan base is buying his, his sponsored goods, goods or, or uh, signature discs out of altruism. I just think it's he – was, he was a great – character no i agree people, people bought in with that yeah so. i was i was just going more with the the, the yeah, notion yeah. of him the, living out of his car but well yeah and like like when mason ford uh won that at the end of the year they did a an in the bag and then an interview with him mm-hmm. talking about how he travels in that rv with the uh mandajano sisters yep um and i, I mean that's kind of eye-opening you're like oh well you know they're all sharing their living so that they can all afford to be on the road but at the same time, I still don't think the people that suddenly just became fans for Mason are going, oh, I'm buying his disc because he lives in a camper. Like, hell, I know a lot of people that would love to live in a camper. You know what I mean? <laughs> Ricky so. said to his interview that he's still going to be living in, uh, living out of his van because he has all of his stuff together. I mean, for, for, yeah. for some people, it's just a way of life. You yeah, know? When, yeah. When I he, mean, he, I, I, for example, I live in a converted school bus. So that's kind like, of I, cho- I chose to do this. That's kind so of so I'm a weird example, but like, well, Ricky's I don't point. Really feel bad for somebody living in their car, getting to go follow their dreams on the road, chasing disc golf. Yeah, Ricky. You know? Ricky's point is actually a really, really good one because I know when I did the Texas, the Texas swing, and then I think I went to one another tournament in Arkansas, I believe, and then D. It might have been DDO and then back or Jonesboro's Arkansas Jonesboro and then back home. Like that was so much better because like Ricky said, I had 
all my discs, all my backups. I had a basket that I could just pull out any moment. I had all sorts of different types of clothes. I had my foam rollers. I had everything I needed. Yeah. Where when I yeah, have it to, actually ends up sounding pretty ideal overall. Yeah. I mean, where when I have to, regardless fl- of your situation. Yeah. When, when you have to fly into a tournament, it makes it a lot harder because you know you have to, you know, look at the weather. Hopefully, pack all the right clothes you know, pick and choose like, okay, this is a course that I'm probably going to throw a lot of forces. So I'm going to bring the backups for that. And it it definitely, definitely makes it harder. So. Yeah. I think the only guys that I've ever felt like I needed to support like that were guys who were a part of your local scene that were local pros. Makes sense. You're trying to get to that next level, which I mean, if you're like grassroots, like growing from the ground up, like that's really it more than just, you know, seeing, Ezra's video on YouTube because living in his Prius, which I mean, I was partial to him because of that as well. And he's a cool guy and all that stuff too. But I mean, like Jonathan Nicholson, for example, like, like I bought his discs here in Dallas because I think he's a stellar dude and was around the, you know, DFW disc golf scene. And now he's sort of out with DD, got the RV this year. Like, yeah, I bought his disc because not because he was a charity case, but because, you know, it's cool to see somebody from your local scene sort of make it to that. Well, sure. do you not do you not think that there's a little bit of that going on uh with kona and ricky and how they addressed the press interview today um i know that uh there seemed to be a pretty heavy nda on ricky's side but uh not one on kona's and so i guess that kind of goes to the fact of do we think that kona's either inexperienced in an interview or underrated by innova that she wasn't held to those standards and that dynamic discs is then using that to her advantage i know ricky talked about how he couldn't talk about his prior time at Innova, but Kona, even though her father was the marketing manager at Innova, um, talked about how she only had a very small stipend that was given to her month to month, but uh, she did not have anything that was not based off of sales with her Innova sponsorship. Um, do you think that that was something that she was instructed to talk uh, I think I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure the biggest difference is Ricky was leaving like square in the middle of his deal uh, to where there was NDAs and stuff put in place where I believe Kona had, had come to the end and was kind of in a more negotiate, negotiating uh, negotiating stance. That's not what I'm trying to say, but it makes sense. Um, I think that's the biggest difference is like Kona's contract had been fully to the end. And since there wasn't an NDA in the initial contract, which there almost never is, uh, then she's fine to talk about whatever. I think Ricky's situation's interesting just because he left his contract early, um, which then there might have been a buyout or something like that, which is more why I think an NDA was put in place. I don't think it necessarily has to do with how much money one was or wasn't making at Innova beforehand. I just think it's the scenarios kind of around their departure. I definitely yeah, got wasn't even a part of their like the largest the highest tier of their sponsorship like mm-hmm. she wasn't a part of their star is it star mm-hmm. level is that what their yes, their highest one yes starts yeah. I mean, her contract wasn't probably anything like what they were paying her then wouldn't be equal to what they would be paying her now even though she said she went back to them uh, and they you know gave her something that she didn't feel like represented her value and obviously man just did but um, she wasn't even a part of their top tier, and Ricky is, and so maybe they have different parameters for different levels of sponsorships and things like that. Uh, I definitely got the idea by listening to Ricky's press conference that there was definitely some tension between him and Innova, and maybe Innova was trying to recoup some 
money that maybe he was given in good faith. And perhaps that $250,000 signing bonus that he got in Bitcoin was probably dynamic disk saying, hey, we know that Innova is going to come after you. So here, have some extra in case you have to pay them. I don't know why they, I don't know why they put it in Bitcoin, but that's interesting. What you say? What was the question? Oh, uh, was Kona at the end of her contract? I know Ricky uh, left a few years early. That's what I I didn't hear about Kona leaving early. Yeah, it which was never makes me mentioned. believe that it was the end of her contract. But I could be I could be completely wrong there. Um, we have a couple other people too that jumped in as speakers. Uh, I think the thing that would be the easiest for us on our end how do you is want to do this? if they're able to use the emotes at the bottom to raise your hand if you have a new topic oh, like new Jacob topic. is right yeah. here. Really quick here, we got two donations coming in. One from Ricky says, what are your thoughts on Katrina? Rumors have it that uh, she could be going to Castaplast. Whoa. Um, Castaplast couldn't afford her. Can't All right. And her. second from Football Recaps. I've been a big fan of Brody Smith ever since the ultimate Frisbee trick shot days. Thanks to him, I've gotten into disc golf. Support him all the way. Appreciate, Appreciate it. All right. Thank you guys. Uh, Jacob, all right. Jacob was the first one to raise his hand. So, Jacob, go ahead. Bring it in. What's up, guys? Uh, I've called him before. One of the things that I think uh, really needs to be thought about in stuff like this, when you think about contracts and how everything works, uh, and now that you know disc golf is becoming something that is a lot more uh, of a lifestyle, you know, like a, um, like ball golf or something like that, you know, that you can legitimately make your living off of, uh, with a lot of these contracts and, th and some things like that. One of the things that you think about is how, um, artists like people who paint and sculptures, uh, and things like that and how, um, people who are in the music industry, how those contracts are set up. They're two very completely different, um, concepts you know i saw a lot of stuff today talking about innova that innova was trying to go down the uh, music artist type contracts where they own um you know they tell you what to do they tell you what uh, all these other things uh, to do which is traditionally how the music industry has been handled whereas the artist industry uh, as far as painters and things like that a lot of the other companies were trying to um, take a, a a route more similar to that because uh, it gives the individuals more freedom and so one of the things that i, I was curious is that in these discussions with these um you know and, and maybe brody you can shine a little more light on i don't know how, how all that works uh but you know can you as a, as an individual are you asking for more um you know would you give up more freedom per se for more money on the front or back end of a deal yeah i think for me like for for example, like the Dark Horse brand, right? That that to me has a set value on it. So if someone was like, hey, we want to control that. We want to be able to use it and no one else can use it. You can't even use it unless you have, you know, you have to ask us permission, like all this stuff. If they're, if, if, if I'm getting like my hands tied on a lot of things, let, let's even say like another sponsor comes in and wants to do something, right? And the manufacturer is saying, like, if anyone wants to come and work with you, you have to go through us first to where they're almost like controlling, like you're saying everything. Then, yeah, 100%, there's a dollar limit on that to where that's going to be way higher than a company that's like, hey, we love what you do. Do your thing. We'll pay you X amount of money and we'll call it good. So, yeah, I see what you're saying where if someone's trying to force you to do certain things, but then they're not paying you 
for that essentially, then yeah, that would be that, that would be tough. Well, I know in some of our negotiations this offseason that has kind of been brought up of where like to use a player's likeness and stuff like that uh, in the upcoming seasons, players would want X amount up front mm-hmm. of like not necessarily a sign on bonus, but like guaranteed upfront money to where like at the start of the year you get this and then there can be royalties or whatever after that. But that way the players giving you the right to use their brand, their name, their likeness, all of that. And that's worth this amount to that player. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not the same extent because in that scenario, we wouldn't be fully controlling the player's brand and everything, but it's a, a somewhat of a similar thing. Who had their hand up? Malachi, I believe was next. Malachi was hey, next. Okay. Hey guys. Hey, how are you? Can I just jump in on that too? Um, I think it's a, yeah, there's, there's a couple of layers to that, but I like what Jacob was saying about, you know, look at examples in the artists industry for, you know, music artists, but also just visual art is business has changed. So let's not forget this is a business. Mm-hmm. Innova is a business that's been around since the eighties. And so I'm not sure if they have quite moved with the times where the consumer has a lot of power right now and they can actually support It's a, it's a direct to consumer world we live in. So what I'm trying to say by that is, you know, people like Ricky, Paul McBeth, and Brody obviously gets it because, you know, he's created this foundation podcast and company, right? He's driving it. I think it depends on who owns the company and what their vision is. So, I, you know, based off what's played out, I don't actually think Innova actually gets, you know, the state of the internet and the fact that, you know, direct-to-consumers, hopefully in the next five or ten years, one of these big players is just going to go direct-to-consumer. And then it's just, it's business 101. It's whoever has the best marketing, who builds the best brand. It's all about these these consumer tangible, but they're kind of intangible right now, right? Because Innova might just be looking at short-term metrics. So it's quite layered, but all in all to say, like, I'm happy that players like Ricky are proactive. They're going out there and they're spearheading what they want. And, you know, if companies don't want to partner with them, that's fine. Like business is, is, is 101, like, you know, supply and demand, everyone's going to look out for themselves, right? So I think there's a couple of layers there, but I'll just say in summary, I like what Jacob was saying, you know, it's not a new thing. Artists don't rely on record labels anymore. Mm-hmm. You can be an independent artist and you kill it on a, Spotify. You can, you can live on it. You can live on it and you just go direct to the consumer and I can see disc golf going that way. And so I think, yeah, I just love what Ricky's doing and I hope more disc golfers do that. Yeah, I think hopefully gone are the days of players signing these like royalty only like not it's not even royalty it's commission like these commission only deals like if i'm a player and i value myself and i'm like i have a fan base i do not want to sign with someone that is only going to pay me when i when they directly make money when someone uses my code like that that should be like you're saying like that should be a thing of the past and until companies realize like, Hey, we actually have to start paying players because it's not just when someone uses their code that we're making money. We're also making it when it's in their content and they're showing it. And our brand is getting more, uh, more people are figuring out what, who we are as a brand. Like that is valuable. Well, also on the player side, you're, it might sound sometimes affiliate deals, um, on the social media side is the only time I have, any experience with this right is um not necessarily on like disc royalties but it's a similar contract with the affiliate deal is it sounds great because there's no limit to what you can make it sounds incredible because it's like oh my word i get five dollars per it's the classic bag of coffee i sell if i sell fifty thousand bags of coffee i'm gonna make so much money it's the classic pitch of 
hey, you have a million subscribers. If you just get 1% of your subscribers to buy this, yeah. you can make this much. And it's like, Here's that's, the issue, that's though, not going to happen. Especially in disc golf is you don't control your income. You don't control how many discs are being made for you. Mm-hmm. So like with the coffee example I just used, what if the coffee that my subscribers on our foundation subscribers on YouTube loved is this Ethiopian RD natural process that's just gorgeous, right? That came out of left field. The freaking Jeez. best, like, Silas, what was that? Beautiful blueberry oh, undertones. What was that? Great it wasn't coffee. even English. Right? <laughs> and I can move as much of that as they have, but they only have 100 pounds of it. And so I push it, push it, push it. I don't know what they have because I don't control that. Yeah. And then I sell out 100 pounds. I made 500 bucks. Whereas if I would have just stuck with a rate of $5,000, yeah, it might not sound as flashy up front, but I'm guaranteed that money regardless yeah. of if it moves. And on the disc side... If COVID hits and manufacturing shuts down for a year and a half, your income is your income there if you have that guaranteed contract. Whereas if you're on a royalty deal, you know, you're kind of up the creek without a paddle because what are you going to do? They can't make discs with your name on them, so you can't get that royalty anymore. Uh, I, think, I definitely think it's a, a tough, uh, interesting thing. I think Devin Hill was I think next? De- it went Devin, Kirk, uh, Nathaniel. Okay. Devin, what, where's your profile photo from? What course is that? That is actually a course in Cabo San Lucas, Mexico. So Don't. It called, it's called the Dunes course. It was sick. Ooh, I'm about to play uh, Quivera here in a couple days. Nice. That'll yeah. be fun. Yeah, I love that course. Um, so my topic that I just kind of wanted to bring up was concerning contracts a little bit. Um, my thought, honestly, is that in some respects, brand loyalty is going to be just as important as the money in the long run. Um, because, you know, you look at some of these – other sports and obviously it is a little bit different with like team sports but you look at like kobe bryant he was with the lakers his whole career and that like kind of upped his his fame a little bit and same thing with like i'm a huge soccer fan and Lionel messi was with fc barcelona for forever and that upped his his fame in general so i think in some respects in disc golf there is going to reach a point where obviously the money is still going to be really important and players are going to want to move and that's going to build a lot of hype but i think also like you know we saw with Kevin Jones, he renewed his contract with Prodigy because of that brand loyalty, because they took a chance on him. And I think in some respects, that'll actually build his his fame and his like reputation, if that makes sense. To a, I think to a certain degree. I think it's if it's, if it's used well. If the company yeah. and them work together well. Well, yes and no. Because I think like Innova and Paul were synonymous. They worked together great. But the second Paul left to Discraft, the hype and everything built Paul's brands and Discraft's brand. A great example, you used Messi. I believe Messi just went to PSG, right? Yeah. That was a, I mean, I'm not a soccer fan at all, but I knew that. I hadn't heard Messi's name in a long time, but I, that reached me and got me back curious. And I mm. started seeing Messi again when I hadn't seen him in a long time. If a golfer were to switch from Nike to Adidas or something when they'd been synonymous with Nike for so long, it's a similar thing. So, like, I think it was a similar thing when Ricky went back to Innova after being synonymous with Latitude, when Paul left, when, if, when Katrina Allen just left Prodigy. I think that sometimes staying with a brand, you can, it can almost, you, you almost get to a point where you've milked everything out of it you can and you're not going to keep growing. Uh, and then another company might offer you more money and within that, when they offer you more money, you move, you also generate a ton of hype from that move that builds your brand and in turn builds the brand you just moved to. Yeah, that's totally fair. And like like I was saying, I don't think it's going to be everything, but I think in some respects that can definitely build on players like fame and their yeah. reputation and well, stuff one like thing, that. I so think, I think that's definitely yeah. something to consider. One thing too is uh, kind of what Brody was saying, like what they use it for 
is the longevity beyond the end of their career is, is something that's interesting because like now Paul's gonna end up being a famous discraft player when he retires. Yeah. But a big part portion of his accolades came from within when he was with Innova. Whereas oh, a Ken yeah. Climo Who do you think of when you think of Brett Favre, who do you think of? What team? Sorry, what was the question? I didn't hear you. That was Packers. actually that was Packers, actually Packers, I was gonna say that was actually directly towards Hunter, but I forgot Hunter knows nothing about the NFL. But yeah, <laughs> but yeah, the Packers, right? Even though he did play on the Vikings. Yeah. I think did he end his career on the Vikings or did he sign did he, he go ended and, on the Vikings? Or did he sign a one day deal with the Packers to end it with the Pack? Is that what he that ended up doing? Stupid. I can't remember. Yeah, That's what no, uh, Dwayne no Wade did. Remembers that. Like but, you said, everyone remembers yeah. the Packers, right? Yeah, so that so I, I, I I agree. That's a really good. That's I mean Tom Brady, Michael Jordan, ended his too. career with the Wizards. Did someone say yeah, Jets? Well, like, oh, he did. Same play thing with Michael Jordan, where he was playing with the Bulls for so long, and then he had that tiny little stint with the Wizards, where yep. you know that's not really looked at. People I almost don't really care I almost that. forget about that. The only time I ever saw Michael Jordan play was with the Wizards. Like live? Yeah, the only time I ever got to see oh, him like on play. TV. No, live. I went to a Wizards game. Oh, that's sick. That's the only time I got Did to see him. Did he dominate? Because he still dominated. He still popped games. off. He yeah. still popped off. They interviewed He had like 25 points. He was like old. He had like 25 well, points. Yeah, he was like playing. And like they interviewed him 30s. after the game. And they're like, why are you like, why are you still here? Why are you still doing it? And like, why are you still pushing yourself this hard? And he's like, because there's someone out there that this is their only time they'll ever see me play. And I want to make sure that they see me as a good athlete and not as a washed-up person. And I was sitting in the crowd and I was like, He's talking about me. That's me. <laughs> even I mean, I was like ten or five. Did, I don't even know. Tom Brady just came out it with. It doesn't a, make any sense, really. Oh, go ahead. Sorry, it doesn't make any sense to compare like team sports brands to like Innova though, because Chicago Bulls is like a location, and like everyone from Chicago and that area like is a Chicago's Bulls fan, and that's where the brand loyalty is created. Whereas like, that is true. Innova and like non-team sport like golf, like I I don't think if. Is John Rom with like Callaway, Callaway right now? I yeah. think he's with Callaway. Yeah, he's with Callaway. If you were to switch to Bridgestone, I don't think it'd make that big of a deal. Whereas, like, when it's a team brand switching, is a way bigger deal. Yeah. Uh, is it Kirk? I believe Kirk was next. Kirk, you're up. What you got? All right. It's pretty exciting, honestly, that we can finally have this debate. I want to have a classic debate in sports. Who got the better contract, Paul or Ricky? Ooh. I don't think we know. Because, I mean, on the outside looking in, they have the same contract. They both get a million dollars a year guaranteed. They both got a $250,000 worth I think he's asking bonus. for us to speculate four years, oh. four years from now. Because that's really the question. If four exactly, because Paul got 10 years. I mean, he's locked up, whereas Rick... I think you know, he has Rick renegotiation could bigger, Rick could get a $3 million a year contract in four years. You know what I mean? I, I would be absolutely shocked if Paul didn't have renegotiation clauses in his contract. I guess the only thing that that's not taken into account is what if an outside, something that talk, is talked about a lot, what if an outside company comes, comes in. in and they're like, yo, we're throwing money around and Paul, you can't get out of that 10 years. That could be exactly. the situation. Yeah, that could and be now, now Ricky all of a sudden is throwing Nike I will say all over the place for 10 mil in one, one year. I mean, that would it never happen on, it 10 mil in one year. It depends if Paul thinks but. that he's, you know, on the back end of his career or if he thinks he has another, you know, significant amount of time at the top, I feel like. Yeah. I think that the the thing that we'll, well, time will only tell is if Ricky's getting his own line of discs. He kind of hinted at it a few times in the press conference, like they were designing discs, he got to work, blah, blah, blah. But oh, we yeah. didn't hear specifically that there's going to be a Saki Bomb line. 
Because I think that's something that's invaluable to Paul's and Paul's deal because you don't know over the course of the next 10 years and then going forward how much the PM line of disc is going to continue to make. Like, the Zeus is going to continue to be one of the top thrown drivers for Discraft. That could be something that's true after Paul's career is over and Paul owns a part of the PM line. Like, I believe it's like a 50-50 thing with him and Discraft to where even when he retires, he has that. If Ricky has something similar to that, then I mean, I don't, I don't really know how you can say one deal's better or worse than the other because, like, from the outside looking in, they basically signed the same deal except for the signing bonus. One was in Bitcoin and one was in a McLaren. So I guess from that aspect, it depends on what the Bitcoin does. All right, we got Bianca. Hands up, I believe was next, or is it? With- Okay, go ahead, Bianca. Hi. Yeah, that's correct. Um, hey, guys. Thanks for calling on me. Um, I guess I have a question. Do you think the women should get paid the same as the men? And here's what I'm thinking, because I know y'all were saying that um, the way that they operate, um, they're all representing the company, essentially. Mm-hmm. And I feel like disc golf is in this really formative period where um, – pay quality could be equal for athletes and I don't know uh, because I know disc sales has to do with it and I agree it is a business and um, there's a lot that goes into that but I'm just curious what y'all think about that Um, because it's something I've been thinking about myself especially with these contracts um, and seeing the numbers and why certain discs I guess yeah just seeing the numbers of the contracts um, it's literally half of what Ricky is getting paid like in Kona. So I don't know. Just curious. What, what are y'all, y'all's thoughts around that? So my thing, I mean, Hunter kind of hinted at this earlier where he said he thinks that there are people in the top 10 that are making less than 50 K guaranteed. So Kona's contract right now is better. Like she's ninth in the world, right? So her contract right now is probably better. You would say than maybe two people that are, equivalently skilled in the in their division in MPO yeah in MPO I would say Paige too Paige is contract is probably higher as well than a lot of people in the top 10 MPO again this is 100% a business situation if you can make more money with someone you're going to give them more money you look at like the UFC for example Ronda Rousey was making a lot more money than most guys in the UFC. You look at someone like Serena Williams. Serena Williams was making a lot more money than a lot of uh, male tennis players. It literally, as far as like sponsorship goes, it literally just comes down to who can make money for them. And then the same thing should be, honestly, the same thing should be on the field side or on the like actual tournament winnings as well. The only thing I would say that since disc golf is still kind of small in the sense that not a lot of money is coming in, the one thing that is tough to kind of swallow is you see uh, someone in one division play against 130 people and win, and you see someone in another division play against 40 people and win, and they make the same amount of money. To me, that's tough to look at and say, like, that's equal because obviously the one that had to beat a lot more people was more difficult. But again, if the, if the division that has 40 people is generating way more views and way more people are paying attention to it and you're able to run way more advertisements on it, then they have every right to make the equal or yeah. even more money. Well, I think the... It just the, all comes down to numbers. At the, the issue end of the day. is if, if you look at it objectively as if all these players are employees, then 100%. 
Um, the issue is these players aren't employees. They're no. their their own brands being endorsed in sponsorship. So it literally But even if they were employees, one employee is making more money no, than if the other company. What I'm saying is what I'm saying is if they're employees doing the same job? If they're both at dynamic discs and they're both social media managers and you're a guy and you're making a hundred thousand and Kona's making fifty thousand and y'all are both doing the same job for the yeah, same company, all, that's wrong. But if all my videos are going viral and that, that doesn't person, matter. You're an employee. Does. You're an employee. I'm going to get a bonus. I'm going to get we're, more we're money. We're not talking about bonuses. We're talking about guaranteed money. No, but money. I'm saying like I will. they will come to me next year and I will make more money than the other person. 100%. No, it, okay. Well, that's completely different. What I'm saying is... What? I'm, I'm crushing What I'm it. saying is the fact of the matter is people are... You, is you can't look at an employee... You can't look at it from a gender pay gap issue in this scenario because that's not the scenario. We're not talking about employees both being social media managers, both doing the same job and all of that because basically the thing is like Kona Panis is the ninth best rated FPO player. So you'd be looking at the ninth best rated MPO player. But the thing that you have to look at is you have to take gender out of it and look at it as these are each individually contracted players essentially. So Paige Pierce deserves to be one of the highest played athletes period in the sport because Paige Pierce makes a heck of a lot more money for Discraft than most other players would. I think if you sign Paige Pierce and you sign Andrew Marweed, both to Discraft, Paige is bringing in two to three times what Andrew Marweed can. Not a knock on Andrew Marweed. That was a knock on Andrew Marweed. No, it's not, because that's just the truth. Paige's brand is massive. So I think in disc golf and stuff like... In individual sports, it's a unique situation because gender has a lot less to do with it than when you look at other sports because it's it's based purely on what the player is able to bring in for the brand and purely on what the player is able to do with the disc. And because Paige is so dominant, she's worth a lot. Once you get down to you're looking at Kona versus Ricky. It's just a numbers. It's just a numbers game. I think we can just end it as a numbers thing. Yeah. If one player has a million followers on Instagram and another player has 500,000 followers on Instagram, the guy that the the player that has a million is going to get more money in the story. I mean that's just it's just what it is. You're gonna get you're gonna get more bang for your buck. But I see, hopefully, hopefully that answers. Well, Bianca, do you have any? Do you have like any kind of? Yeah, no, I think okay. that makes total sense. And I think now I'm just left with the question of like, so is it more up to the players? Like, yeah, like they're building. Okay, the in the pay aspect that makes sense. But like I know Brody, you mentioned the point of like women like pay, play against less players and stuff like that. But like. I guess what I'm getting at is not not necessarily the pay now, but like whose responsibility is it necessarily to bring in more women into disc golf? And like, I know the sport's generally growing right now, but mm-hmm. yeah, like, um, is it more that player that's, that's marketing themselves, their responsibility or like PDGA or, yeah, yeah, I guess now I'm just left with that question, but the pay totally makes sense. Yeah, no, the question that you just posed is so good. And it's one that is asked in so many different aspects, right? Like, how do we get more minorities in this sport? How do we get more women in this profession? How do we do this, this, and this? And it's very, like, to me, it's just, it's a very simple answer to me of where there are just going to be some things that are more attractive to certain individuals. That's just, at the end of the day, like, that's just how it is. And so, I don't know how else to say it other than like if you're trying, if you have a pool of a million people and in that million people there are 800,000 that are X and 200,000 that are Y, you're going to have more X's in a certain profession than Y's, simply just a numbers base. Yeah, but how would you, but 
how would you try to get more wise into that profession? Yeah. Well, not but see, that's where it's tricky is because then well, you start doing... You it depends start doing on what this. you're looking at. When we're looking at getting more women into the sport, it's not like women aren't going to like the sport and don't want to play. It's that a lot of them don't know about it or don't feel comfortable coming to the courts. And I, my answer Oh, so is, you, think it's more, you think it's more that women... There are a lot of women that want to play, but there are barriers to prohibit them exactly, from playing? Exactly, exactly. Okay, interesting. Uh, because, right. I mean, the one of the things that I've noticed in weeklies is I've had... Once there's a, a card that I can put together that it's all women, those women come back every week and also want to bring friends. But if I throw in, there's some women that don't care who they play with. They have yeah. a great time if they're on a card with three guys or if they're three women. But there's some that if I put them on a card with three guys, they're not going to come back. They're not going to have fun. Rightfully so. It makes sense. So in my head, there's no right answer here. I think it's the responsibility of everyone because everyone plays a different role in it. The PDGA should have outreach and do different things. Uh, the FPO players on Instagram should be doing different things. The MPO players should be doing, reaching out different things. That We should all be kind of taking a different part because I think we all play a different role. And I think that's why it's such a confusing thing. Yeah. And everyone points fingers at everyone. It's because, like, it's not something that's just going to snap your fingers and it happens. Like, the PDGA isn't going to magically enact some committee that now the women, there's 50% women and 50% men in the sport. That's not going to happen. It's just something that everyone has to kind of do different things and do different parts and make sure that when people are invited and welcome into the sport, they feel welcome. That's a good point. It's a very good point. And that goes across everything because I've seen the same thing with people trying, like uh, there's been committees getting more minorities involved, more X, Y, or Z involved. It's the exact same thing is basically it's the end of the day, it's the people on the course's responsibility to make those people feel welcomed. And it doesn't matter what everyone else does. If they show up to the course and these people, and like if they show up to a course and I'm a jerk to them, then it doesn't matter what everyone did. They're not coming back to the course. That's a good point. Yeah. I feel like you definitely have to watch on who, like you really bring them around, like part of your community. Yeah. No, for sure. Like, you know, definitely need to like be careful who you bring them around so they can feel comfortable and actually want to go out and play more. And there's definitely been people, there's definitely been times where I have, uh, cause I had a pretty solid group in Texas of guys and that I would go out and play with. And there was definitely times where people would bring like friends or like other people that weren't necessarily in the group of that, of the, the normal kind of, then what's the what's the word i'm looking for the uh the consistent group yeah and yeah there was definitely times where i was like i don't like playing with that person Mm -hmm. like for me for example like i'm not a big fan of having to be around cigarette smoke all the time yeah right and so like if you're if you're a player that likes to smoke while they play nothing wrong with that i just personally like if I get cigarette smoke in my lungs, it is so uncomfortable and I hate it and I just don't like the smell of it. I don't, I'm probably not going to want to play with you. So if that is a situation that we have where there are FPO players, women players that show up and they're getting that situation of where like there's people around them that make them uncomfortable or they don't like playing with certain people. Yeah. I mean, I will say I have seen a considerable amount, like 95% more solo guy players on courses playing by themselves than I've ever seen female players out there by themselves. Something I don't really see that often. Sure. So I don't, I don't know how you combat that, but all right. Uh, 
Who... I got a question for Hunter, if that's cool. Oh, go for it. So you were pretty confident that Katrina was going to dy- dynamic this, right? Yeah. But now that you know that it's Kona, do you think that has to do with her personality, her overall like presence? Because Kona has a great presence online where Katrina kind of lacks in that department. And Katrina is also a lot more confident, a lot more driven and like strict mindset. So that being said, do you think you're, it changed your, your decision to change like about her personality and all that? Because they're two different women, of course, but their styles are different. And you think ultimately dynamic this went with Kona because of that presence? I don't think she was online. Yeah, I don't think that dynamic disc chose one one over the other. Um, because I think Dynamic would have loved to have had Katrina Allen as well. Uh, but I do think, overall, I think Kona Pandas is a better fit for Dynamic Disc than Kat, simply because Dynamic, for years, hasn't had that top player. And so they've had to build their own. I mean, uh, Rusko even talked about, you know, for the past several years, they've been building their foundation, getting ready for that player. And part of doing that was building a strong brand and building a strong marketing presence that allows them to be in a position and have the channels that when they get a good player, when they get the face of their brand, they know what to do with them. Um, And I do think that it was important to them to have someone who is comfortable in those shoes. Now, I think that their signing of Kona is a little bit of a risk because Kona, while she is very marketable, she is great in front of a camera. She's still a little unproven on the course when it comes to the top level of FPO players. And they signed her to a four-year deal that is on par with one of the top three women in the world, of Kristen Tatar. And so they're betting on her both on and off the course. But basically, I think that what their bet was is they think that she's going to be capable of performing on the course. And they know she's comfortable in front of a camera. They know that she's going to have her YouTube presence, her Instagram presence, all of that there. And so it it fits good with their brand. But I don't think that it was necessarily a thing of like, uh, we just don't want to sign Cat because she's she's too robotic or too like. I, I think Cat is a big enough personality and big enough brand because of her winning and because of her constant finishes towards the top. That if they could have signed her as well, they would have got both. Does yeah, that make sense? That being said, though, do you think you know Katrina is worth a lot more because of her world titles at this point, and that's another option, another reason why they couldn't necessarily nail her down. I think it depends on the company. I think that Katrina Allen is worth more to a certain company than Kona. Whether she's worth the the, the issue. What if they assign her too? Well, the, yeah, they <laughs> might sign her too. The interesting part, I don't think they would because of how much they built this up. The interesting part to me is mm. I think it's two different icing on the cake. Two different uh, ways of looking at it, right? Signing Kona, they're taking a risk of her future performance, and they're hoping they're betting on that by the end of this four year deal, they end up getting a steal on Kona. That by the end of the four-year deal, her brand's grown, her performance has grown, and she's actually going to be worth more than what they signed her to. Um, With Katrina Allen, you're signing her to what she's worth today. So you're betting on Katrina today and the next year because you know what you're going to get out of Kat. um, But you don't, like, as far as Kat's future potential, she's nearing the end of her career. So I would imagine if she signs a five-plus-year deal with another company, it's getting close to a retirement-level deal for her. So I think it's just two different aspects of All it. All right, I think we had... Thank you, Hunter. Yeah. I think we had... Was it Joe or Garrett or Alex? One of them's oh, raising boy. their hand. I've, I've Do you guys know who it was? I can go, I guess. Okay, go for it, Garrett. Go for it, Garrett. All right. So I think... Well, one thing I want to say first is the Twitter spaces for debate night is definitely the move yes. over the phone call. I like 100%. it. And, uh, 
my take is that I think now Discmania has to shell out at least a mil for Eagle because one, I think he sells more discs than Ricky does in terms of just signature discs. And I just think he makes more money uh, for a company than Ricky. And I think just like his brand is better too in the longevity of Eagle. I think like they, they have to pay him at least a million. I definitely think that the Eagle Discmania situation is, in my opinion, the one in disc golf that is going to have the most eyes and stress on it when renegotiating time comes up. Because Eagle is the next player on the list that is going to be expecting that contract, that's going to be expecting that level. Uh, only thing that Eagle's missing that Paul and Rick both have is multiple world titles. Eagle majors. has a major, uh, the Kona Peach Day Open in 2018, but he doesn't have multiple majors. Um, and so, But by the time his contract's up, I don't think anyone would be shocked if Eagle did have multiple majors. But the flip side that is interesting to think about is will Discmania, just a few years into them manufacturing their own discs and all the costs that went into all of that, will they be in a position that they can afford that? Because Eagle did just recently extend, um, so he is, you know, they have him for a few more years, but is that enough time that they can bet their money on? Because I agree with you. I think that Eagle, honestly, is one of the most marketable players in the sport, um, and I also think that his fan base buys like no other to where you can make a heck of a lot of money with Eagle. The The biggest question is, can Discmania afford to keep Eagle? And we're just going to have to see. I don't know. Uh, Joe, I think you're up next, brother. Hey, guys. Uh, I actually was intending on talking about Ricky and Kona, but uh, hearing the response to Bianca's question, I had a few more follow-up questions to that. Yeah, go for it. Go back to that one. <clears throat> so I, I agree with you guys. Like, at the end of the day, money is the driving factor, especially in sponsorship deals. Like, whatever company finds the asset that's going to give them the most money, is where they're going to pour the money into. Um, I think where I get a little dissatisfied in the discourse is in how that is generated and how that topic's brought up. Like we always end up almost every time this discussion happens, we always end up back on the like, well, women don't feel comfortable on the course, which I'm, I think is a 100% valid argument to have, but I think that's the easy skip over uh, argument. Like I think we're skipping a lot of content by going to that argument. Whereas like when I think about marketability and personality and brand, like you talked about earlier and I compare Paul Macbeth and Paige Pierce and I love both of them as players, right? I I support both of them. Paige Pierce is, is more charismatic. Uh, she's in my opinion, produces a little bit better content. It doesn't get as, as many views for some reason. Um, and she is pushing the game. I want to be careful here. I don't want to say pushing the game more than Paul, because obviously what Paul's doing with the Paul McBeth Foundation is pretty amazing, right? Like, and what he's doing uh, with his disc sales and all that stuff is really amazing. But she's she's putting in just as much effort, if not more, in certain certain areas to push the game forward. And you know, she's arguably just as dominant, if not more dominant, in her field than Paul has been in his field. But at the end of the day, like the facts are facts. Like I go to my disc golf store, my local disc golf store and Paul's discs are selling out quicker than pages discs. So like what I think of as a male in disc golf who, who buys discs and likes to watch both the FPO and the MPO, I always go back to Bianca's last question, which is, well, 
well, what what else can Paige do? Like, I feel like Paige is doing literally everything in her power to be worth the ten million, ten year, ten million dollar contract. And I'll give Discraft a ton of credit, right? Because they they did something unheard of with Paige when they first signed her, right? Yeah, with the contract I mean, they gave her. But I I'm I'm starting to get to the point where I don't know if there's more that Paige yeah. can do. Because I can I can flip the question and be like. Okay, well, what does disc golf need to do to be bigger than the NFL? Right? Like, same kind of, like, you're saying, like, what does FPO need to do bigger than MPO? Well, what if you said, well, what does disc golf need to do to get bigger than the NFL? What does disc golf need to do to get, or not even disc golf, what does the disc golf pro tour need to do to get bigger than the NFL? What does the disc golf pro tour need to do to get bigger than the NBA? What does the disc golf pro tour need to do to, do to get bigger than the MLB? And sure. it, the answer is the sport is not disc, disc golf is a niche sport. That's, that's the thing. Skateboarding, niche sport, surfing, niche sport. These are all sports that if you love them, you're going to be crazy passionate about it, right? There are going to be less people that like those sports than the NFL, the NBA, MLB, like the big four, hockey, right? The big four. So, I mean, yeah. soccer's even in there too. I mean, that's a, soccer's that's, probably the most popular. That's sport the most popular sport. Well, cricket is, but um, interesting. Yeah, probably. we had we had this debate. We did earlier. have this debate. We this debate and uh, I was right. I was. I'm right. confused how you're answering this question though. The reason I'm answering. I'm confused the, too. Thank you. Yeah, sorry. The the what I'm saying is that at the end of the day, there's like there's nothing you can really do. So you're saying tough luck. Yeah, well, I'm just saying there's cer- there's certain things of where it's like right now, like obviously the Disc Golf Pro Tour is trying to get bigger and yeah, trying to yeah. get more fans. Yeah. But if the Disc Golf Pro Tour right now is saying like, what can we do to get bigger than the NFL? That is not the right way of going about it. Because yeah. so you're saying- football, football is always like in, in America, football, MLB, hockey, um, I'm missing one, basketball. Those four, well, they'll just always be the biggest sports. It's just it is it is what it is. Like how, I think the, how the, do you combat that? I think the core issue is, at least in my eyes, I could be completely off here, but I think when, like for instance, if when I get my wife into the sport, my wife immediately was looking and asking questions about what Paul threw, right? So to where, when a women get into the sport, they can relate to Paige and they can also relate to Paul. When a guy gets into the sport it's a harder reach for them to relate to Paige. I think is the, in my head, I think that's the biggest boundary. Now, how do you cross that boundary? I honestly, I'm not 100% sure. I'll also say, I think a secondary thing to it is Paige would probably be worth more if she was the only person at a company. So I think Paige being at the same company as Discraft, it helps her in a lot of ways, but it also hurts her in a lot of ways because Paige's line of discs Discraft has to split marketing, split effort, split everything between Paul and Pages. Now, where Discraft does a great job in promoting and pushing the heck out of Pages' line, they aren't pushing it as hard as they could be simply because there's two lines they have to push. They have the PM line and the Page Pierce line, and they need both lines to sell very well to meet their contracts. Whereas if Page was at a company where she was the, the star, she was their only player, they would probably be able to push and drive a lot more traffic to her uh, simply from the aspect of like she is the only focus, um, so I think that that's one thing that she could look at. But I would wonder if one of Paige's questions is 
how much money is she making because of players that Paul introduces to Discraft and then find Paige's line because through Paul are now introduced to where if she was at MVP, would she have a smaller reach because she wouldn't also be able to go with, with Paul's line. Um, but your core question of like, Some what people- more can Paige do? I honestly, it's. I think that's a great question. It's some people in chat, of. some people in chat are making some good points, talking about like school, like sports in schools is huge, right? A w- good, a really good way of introducing kids at a young age to sports is the stuff that you play in PE, mm-hmm. right? Disc golf, that it's just not a sport that is going to be very easy to do in schools. You're answering a completely different question. Yeah, what are you talking about? I- his question was basically Paige is doing everything she can do. I agree. So how what does she do need to do to be able to earn you the just same contract Paul is? You just said she's doing everything she needs to do. Yeah, but he's saying that she's not earning the same contract. So he's asking what more can she do? You're answering the question of what more can disc golf do to get bigger. You're, that's a completely would, different question. I, this is what I would this is the this is the pure answer. Ready? Get more popular on social media. All right. Boom. See that's if an Paige if Paige like Paul doesn't do anything on social media. Well, he yeah okay. No wait what? Don't, well, he has a YouTube channel that. and stuff like that, but he doesn't directly do okay, it. Okay, thank sure. you. If Paige, I mean, I've seen Paige trying to do TikTok. I've seen Paige yeah. doing Instagram. I see all that stuff. If Paige starts popping off on Instagram and TikTok, guess what? Outside companies, because that's another thing that we don't mm. talk about. Like, when have you seen any disc golfer promote like do a brand deal on social media? I mean, Paul Celsius. I mean, Paige, Paige has. Paige, she yeah. She did the Thunder, Thunder bar. bar. She did the Thunder Bar. But that was more. That was more like a collaborative. Thing. That was more like a collaborative disc golf sponsorship. I thing. think Paul Celsius is Paul, the most. Paul Celsius is probably the best one. But best, you you don't yeah. really ever see like uh, like if Paige. I guarantee if Paige got like five hundred thousand followers on Instagram, I guarantee she would start getting companies be like, Hey Paige, can you post a picture of you playing in these shorts? Hey, can we send you a pair of sunglasses and you post a video of you throwing with these sunglasses? And all of a sudden now she's making money kind of outside of that thing. And then also now when she has that huge engagement too, then she can kind of go to Discraft and she's going to be more valuable that way. So to answer the question, that's probably the best way of her doing it is to just crush it on social media. Because you're right. She's doing everything she can. She's being dominant on the, the course. She's being super professional. She's doing everything she can. So. Yeah, I guess I yeah, I appreciate the feedback, and I, I just to be clear, I'm not I'm not insinuating that uh, there's sexism on any level here. I think like at some level that exists in every in every environment of our country, uh, depending on where we are and what's going on. But I'm not that's not the argument I'm trying to have. The argument I'm trying to have is like I think we have to have a, a more creative discussion about about how to get women's involvement. Uh, enhanced in disc golf yeah. instead of just always landing on the well, uh, you know, the people on the court. Because to be fair, when I first started playing disc golf, I also didn't want to go to the course because the guys at my local courses were not the kind of guys that I typically found myself hanging out with. Yeah, yeah I think, no, it's true. No, I think it's that's true. something that there is general, there is like a there is sometimes that ultimate frisbee had this same issue too of where there is almost like a cultish kind of clickish situation of where like you feel like you're out of the group when you show up and that is not a super welcoming thing. But I will say like, if you love disc golf, you will go out and play by yourself, but you have to love disc golf, but you have to love disc golf because part of falling in love with disc golf is going out and doing something with your buddies. But that's something that I think gets overlooked a lot 
is, like I said, the PDGA can do as much as they want. We on social yep. media can do as much as we want. But at the end of the day, all of that effort on MPO, FPO, you know, getting kids in the sport, all that, all that effort can be immediately squashed out by a bad experience at the local club. Like if you walk on, if you walk into your first weekly, my first weekly, luckily I have my brother with me, but when I first walked up, I didn't really enjoy being there. A lot of, like, it was a very clicky thing. I had, you know, a lot of people were looking at me weird. Like I was back then, you know, there was a, our local club was like 10 guys and they played together every week. So it wasn't a common thing for a new person just to walk up and want to play in the weekly. But my brother and I did, we pushed through that. And next thing you know, we were playing with these guys weekly and it was a lot of fun. But that initial thing, if it was me by myself, I might've never came back. And if I hadn't come back, it might've been hard. If I didn't have friends in disc golf, I might've never gotten into disc golf because that would have been my first experience. So it didn't matter that the PDGA reached me and Jomez reached me and all this because I show up to my course and and I'm like, these guys are jerks. I'm never playing this sport again. And I walk away. That's true regardless of gender or anything. I think sometimes the buck stops at the local course. So I think a lot of times that's what I'm saying is like <laughs> we can invest money and do whatever we want to try to grow the sport. But if the people on the local course don't want the sport to grow, the sport's but, not going to grow. But then again, at the end of the day, like it, go, it all falls back to how much you love something. If yeah. you truly love something, you're going to be you're going to find a way to do it. Yeah. And so like your thing, you didn't fall, you didn't love throwing discs yet. No. So when you went to your local thing and had a bad experience, you could have been like deuces them out. Yeah. Cause but I didn't would, care about it yet. But if you loved it already, then it doesn't matter. Yeah. Once I, once I loved it. Yeah. It didn't matter what someone said to me on the course. Let's see if we can, back. let's see if we can rattle through a couple more people because we are going a We're little going late. Very late. We're going very late. My We're, wife is going also, to murder me. Soccer is the number one sport in the world. Yeah, I assume so. What, what said, is cricket at? What is cricket so. at? Is cricket number two? I'd put cricket. Cricket is number two. Yeah. Thank cricket you. is at 2.5 billion. Um, hockey is at 2 billion. And tennis coming in at number four with 1 billion. Uh, also PC, I know you're one, you're, you're very, uh, you're very cur- courteous with your question about Brody not taking disc golf seriously. I'm currently putting, I want to say six to seven hours a day into disc golf training. So there you go. All I right. Mean, so what are you also doing shout out to Mike sleeping not Mike serious, with the $5 man. donation. Appreciate it, Mike. All right, All right, I didn't go one more. Man. I didn't go one more. Alex has been. Let's go these two. They've been raising their okay. hand for okay. a while. We're going with okay. these two last ones. All right, Alex, go for it, man. Yo, hello. Um, shout out. I uh, just wanted to shout out Trevor and his new kid before yeah. I ask my question. Heck but, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, no. Um, basically, is my question is: Do you guys think that all these contracts happening this year is? It's like a bad thing. Like, do you, do you think it's a bad thing because, like, for the present and for the future, that like all these companies are having to deal with like people just opt out of, of of their contract and their and their like deals uh, for bigger money? And do you think that's going to hurt us in in the future for when? Yeah, do you think it's just going to hurt us in the future for like I- like? people people leaving contracts early in like four years like let's say ricky like well yeah well i was just gonna say i think what's what it's doing now is it's making uh manufacturers actually now have to be like a like duke professional contracts because like page for example 
talked mm. about how her prodigy deal was just a handshake. I think it was, was a dynamic deal. Was it dynamic? When she left okay. dynamic, dynamic to go to Disney. Di- sorry, dynamic was a handshake. What it's doing now is it's now forcing. I guarantee dynamic does not have some like does not have their T's and I, I or I guarantee they have their T's and I's crossed and dotted in Ricky's contract. A to long where, road at this time. To where if he does breach his contract and leave early, there are consequences in there. So right now there there aren't you know these contracts are just written up to where it's like bullet points. Yeah. Like hey, you do this, this, and this. And we'll do this, this, and this, and we'll call it good. This is basically, I think, after this year, I think this is a good thing for disc golf because now it's going to make uh, players have to uh, go through their contracts, and maybe there's a buyout in there, right? There's a situation where it's like, hey, if you have a company wanting you that bad, they can buy your contract out. And there's different things in there to where, you know, if someone wants you that bad, you can still get out of your contract, but you're not leaving the manufacturer that you promised two years, three years, four years, uh, just sitting on their hands. But to be fair, it's their fault in the first place with writing a contract that allows you to do that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, that, that answers my question, really. Okay, Perfect. sweet. Thanks for calling in. All right. Uh, we got Milan, I believe. Milan. Milan CK, finish us off. What you got? Um. So – I was just hearing this, um, and also, Brody, um, you're the guy that got me into the sport, really. Heck yeah, man. Because I've been watching you since your channel was at the beginning, and once you started playing disc golf, I was like, I gotta get in that. Heck yeah. So, um, so I was thinking, like, maybe, like, some of these, like, contract changes might be, like, some players thinking maybe it's, like, time, like, I should, like, find like another direction in my career like like with rookie like i could like really tell like he didn't feel like his career was like going in the direction he wanted to go any longer and so that's why he switched yeah i definitely think uh i definitely think a big part of it for to be honest i saw it more on the kona side where I think a big part of it is you might reach a certain point where the money plays no factor. It's just what the company can do. Because I think Kona mentioned multiple times how she felt like she wasn't being pushed at Innova the way she wanted to be, um, simply because of how Innova markets their players, which a lot of times they they don't really. Um, And she felt like if she made a career change, like you're saying, to go to Dynamic Discs, it's going to give her an opportunity to be pushed and to be marketed the way that she feels that she deserves and the way that she wants to be pushed and marketed. Um, and I think that's going to be, be true. Like we actually did a segment on grip locked a little bit ago uh, where we just talked about like what player fits with what brand. Yeah. I love and that. essentially the whole idea behind it is kind of what you're saying of like what there's certain players that their branding, the way they position themselves, the way they carry themselves just makes sense with certain companies and I think they would, if you know, they see it the same way, they might settle with those companies for less money to where like Kona might, I don't think this happened, but Kona might've been offered, you know, four years, she was offered four years, 500,000 when she took, she might've been offered four years, 750,000 with a brand that didn't have much marketing and didn't meet her goals and her personal goals. And she was like, I'd rather take $250,000 less to have my personal goals and desires met. Cause that's more important to me than the extra money I'd make, you know? I actually saw a study, this has nothing to do with this, but I found it fascinating. 
that um, every dollar you make above $60,000 a year in the U.S., it's probably gone up because inflation since this, but it was still low back then. Uh, once you reach $60,000 a year, you have every, like, your um, mental, st- basically no dollar above that adds to your mental state of happiness. Uh, essentially, once you reach $60,000 a year, then, like, everything beyond that is, like, personal goals and stuff that genuinely makes you happy. So some of that might involve money because you might be an exotic car guy and driving a Ferrari is all that's going to make you happy, and you're going to need more than $60,000 a year to do that. But I think that's kind of the thing in this ta- this uh, case where Kona wants to be pushed, wants to be marketed on social media, and that is probably more value. That probably She probably couldn't put a dollar amount on the value of that within her contract to where her contract in her eyes might be worth just as much as Ricky's because of how much that's worth to her and her career and her brand. Yeah, I mean, that's what, that's what I was thinking. Like, like all these players, like talking and like all this talk about like money and all that, like we don't know, like the other contracts, like, let's see, like, LeBron James, like, we don't know, like, what he got offered before the contract that you signed. Like, like, there's, like, all these, like, potential, like, other contracts that athletes don't disclose that they were, like, offered, that they could, like, denied. Yeah, for sure. No, I agree. I think we're going to grab Charlie real quick. Milan, thank you for calling in, man. Appreciate it. One quick one. I, I feel like Charlie's got something good to finish us off. Okay. Charlie, what do you got? Hey, so quick question. How soon until bigger brands become sponsors? I'm talking Walmart, Dick's, Play It Again, et cetera. Or how soon until those big companies start backing Innova, Discraft, Dynamic, and become the overall like overarching company? Uh, I think the first part of your question is definitely more likely to happen than the second part. Um, how long until that happens? It's tough to say just because all that's standing between us and that is viewership numbers in my eyes. If we were having a million people tune in live every single disc golf pro tour, then it's going to be real easy for the disc golf network to go out and get Walmart on, on, uh, on board or get whoever on board. But I will say the fireball thing that I did was the, was it the first? I think it might have been the first. It, I think it, I think it was. I think it was the first company that actually um, suggested me doing disc golf mm. to promote. Now, obviously, I ended up doing kind of like a, a trick shot, like disc golf throw-in, just because of what they actually ended up wanting to do with timing and everything. It wasn't going to work. But that was the first company that actually said, like, hey, we want you to play someone in a disc golf match on a whole. So I'm just throwing it out there where it's like, that's, that's kind of, a, that's kind of a cool thing that now yeah. companies are, are starting to, you know, if, if I, I see more and more of that happening, yeah. then that's going to be a really good thing for disc golf in the sense of like where companies are now seeing disc golf as a, a good way of getting their marketing out there. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying. It's just like, Hey, you have a big following. Eyeballs is all eyeballs is all standing. Yeah. Kind of between that, uh, a lot of other stuff standing between us right now and Walmart buying out Innova. But then marketing through Innova, it's just eyeballs. That's all that's standing between it. All right. Appreciate you, Charlie. Yeah. 
Awesome. Thanks, guys. All right. Everyone listening on Twitter Spaces, we're going to end it now and finish out the podcast over on uh, the YouTube. If you're listening on Twitter Spaces and you're not subscribed to Debate Night, youtube.com slash foundation podcast. We go live every 8 p.m. Eastern. We're going to start doing it on Twitter Spaces because I think this is the future. Yeah, it was definitely fun. Thank you, guys. All right. Twitter Spaces, we're out. All right. Boom. Jeez. Boom. Chat. Size, you're getting you're getting some you're getting some uh some love in the chat saying how me and Hunter don't pay attention to the chat and only Size pays attention to them. <laughs> Appreciate it. Appreciate all the fans out there. You I know. mean, I probably read more of the chat tonight than Silas did. No way. There's I no don't way. Know. I think I don't think Silas missed the real think, Hey, I the real think... MVPs know who they are. Um that that's all it needs to be said. I don't think right. I don't think oh uh, I do think bath. next week Wait, ice bath. Yeah, that does still need to happen. I think our Trevor and I's plan before he took uh, leave to have a child um, was to do the ice bath and the essay challenge combined because we think, owe both of those punishments, and so we would read our essays in an ice bath and I think post bef- that on Instagram. I think before you do it, I think you should also uh, shave my, my beard. Because, oh, I forgot about that too. That's also we're apparently just full of false promises. That's all we are. No, no, no. We hit. We we're hit, gonna do them. We hit the ones that we need to hit. Well, we need to hit these, but we have to get them done. Yeah. Um. I think next week we face the mic away from us, into the Twitter spaces because when we it was picking us up a little bit, so we were having some, oh, some issues. So like that's this, why it was sounding weird sometimes. So that's like why I tried this situation. Yeah, I moved it away, angled away from your face at one point. That's why I was messing with the mic, and it helped a little bit. But when it's facing us, we had to turn it up that it was picking us up a little bit. So next week, I think it'll sound better if we had it like this scenario to you know where I it's not picking us happen? up at all. I think Silas is going to have something where it's like everything's like propped up. Like this will drop in from the ceiling. Hopefully, Silas just figures out the way that we can run it. No, we're going to rig it up par- properly. Twitter <laughs> Spaces just need What Twitter Spaces needs to do is just allow a computer to run a Twitter yeah. Spaces, and then everything's solved. Someone, so, someone, someone at Twitter, wait, no, that out. Twitter, Twitter if you're wait, listening. We have someone in the chat that has the solution. Plug the phone into the aux cable. Holding it to a mic is a rookie move. The issue is then it wants to accept a mic, and we can't because there's like it, you can't run the board through the phone. We tried it. Trust me. We tried it last week. We were here at okay. 6 o'clock. We tried it for two hours, and then we t- did calls. Hey, man. It's going to get better. We're going to figure honestly, it out. Honestly, this sounded great to me. I don't know the people at home. It, um, it was pretty good. Can we get a – a lot of people want this let's uh, – what is it? Branding is important. What's, what's the shirt that everyone wants? I saw I – did, did, you, did you see that in chat? People were talking about the shirt. Like, let's a get shirt? disc golf branding. Like, what, what was it? Because so, we were talking about branding a lot. Like, I'm a brand. Brand versus branding. No, someone in the chat will say it. I, someone in the chat. I don't know. Let us Wait, know. Let's go branding. Oh. Oh, gee, oh okay. Never mind. Okay. Yeah, we can't I run can't, that shirt. Can't run that. <laughs> I didn't know that's what it was. I thought there was another thing. Yeah, okay. Never mind. We can't do that. I mean, we can't. Connor Redemption for one wheel? We did offer him. We put an offer. The offer is on his desk. Wait, he didn't. Uh, he sounded like. We'll talk about that more in the banter. Yeah. When we, he's here. We is he going to ban- be on the banter this week? He should be. Okay. We so put we an offer on his desk. He has the offer on how he can earn the one wheel. It is if he accepts it or not. That's up to him. Uh, so the, the, op- the, the redemption is on the, on, it's in his hands. We'll put it there. The All redemption's right. in his hands. Well, hey, this was a heck of a show. I think Twitter Spaces is the future. We finally got it, guys. Thank you for everyone that called in. 
Uh, again, we'll we'll start doing the Twitter spaces probably anywhere between eight forty five nine o'clock. Gosh, we're almost live for three hours. This was, I mean, we had a lot to what talk a about. Show. We had a lot to talk a about. Show. It was a great show. It was a great, a great show. Never great see show. Me again. Um, and uh, you know, who knows? Maybe, I can't wait to sleep on the couch tonight. Maybe I'll reach out to a couple a couple other pros and get them in the Twitter space. Yeah, that'd be that, fun. that could be fun as well. So. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Uh, make sure you subscribe, Foundation Podcast, YouTube channel. We're getting close to 15K, which would be really sweet to have if you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Appreciate it so much. Make sure you guys check out our Patreon. Grip Lock's going to be an electric. Yeah, so we're going to get Trevor's going to Trevor, Skype in. Skype in. We'll get Trevor and Connor's take on it. And I want to I want to finish this out right okay, with a, a tweet from Marty Mush. He oh said, gosh. Duke basketball being back makes me so happy, especially when they're the best team in the country. Good night, everyone. We're going to end on a positive <laughs> note like that. Marty, great take. Uh, they are, in fact, annihilating a rather bad ACC team right now. But 